What up, what up, Bizzlecasters? Welcome to another Bizzlecast, my buddy Ethan. We are going to be talking video games as usual. However, a couple quick announcements. First of all, we talk movies for about a half hour or so. So if you um, are just wanting to hear the video game part of the podcast, jump about, I would say, 35 minutes in. Also, my mic cuts out um, a couple minutes in. Uh, the sound, you still find, you can still hear me. Um, but if the sound just feels a little distant... Um, um, for you know the first 20 30 minutes that's what happened there but otherwise everything works fine and I'm back on my mic uh, pretty quickly um, and so without further ado I'm going to get us into the podcast buckle your seatbelts and here we go Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzlecast, welcome back to another Video Game Plus podcast with my boy Ethan. I hope you all enjoyed the Infinity War review I did with Maddie G. We had a blast doing it. We've been working on comic book movies, podcasts for literally two and a half years. I've been talking about this movie and everything leading up to it for that time, making lots of predictions, of which I was right on some and definitely wrong on others we are here with ethan today to talk video games but i asked ethan off mic because i know he likes good movies and we have relatively similar tastes in movies uh if he would be down to start with some movie talk so ethan welcome back to the podcast and i have to ask right off the bat have you seen avengers infinity war and what are your thoughts about it uh there's only one answer to that mr stark <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you all are turning in, you haven't seen the movie. I'm sorry, spoilers, but that's like a given. Yeah, yeah. You, you, if you if, if you are the type of person to be downloading and listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the movie. That being said, Eth, do give me your thoughts on it. Uh, you can bring in Thor, which led up to this, and even more directly, recently and brilliantly, Black Panther, which led up to it. Bring in any uh, any of those, but, but without being too spoilery, give me your general thoughts of the movie and just like you being someone who literally grew up as the MCU has evolved. I think I think as an as a movie overall, if we if we if we're gonna if we're gonna do a, if we're gonna not only assume but state that the other half of this movie that is not out yet, that is out next year true, is part of this movie. Then it will, that's it. And then it's an awesome movie as a standalone movie. It is fantastic. Every single second up until the ending, because the ending is not good unless it has, has another movie tied to it. So, yeah. And it felt forced. I agree. I a little bit, a it, it was an abrupt cut, but but every single second of this movie as an overall movie was fantastic. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it could have gone any other way. So I, I don't want to get too old man Brenner here, but to be honest with you, like when the MCU started exactly 10 years ago with Iron Man one in 2008, I was not into comic books or comic book movies. It wasn't until I saw the original Avengers after the fact on DVD in like 2013, I started to get into it. And then I saw Captain America, the winter soldier in um, 2014 in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014, and that's when I got on board. That's when I started my podcast, also because Star Wars was starting up again. But 
you, you know, being a kid who probably remembers when this all started, but was pretty young and sort of grown up age wise in terms of the age that they are literally aiming for, like eight to 25 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like at what point were you like, these movies are cool, but I don't really care. And at what point did you really feel invested to the point where you really enjoyed Infinity War? I felt, uh, well, for my personal start, my personal start was I, I definitely did watch Iron Man and then Iron Man two and then I skipped I never watched Thor but then following that um, Captain America the first Captain America is when I really got invested at that point I really I don't know why I, I know a lot of people don't so like you were before me no I like I love Captain America but I was, the reason it's interesting was because that was 2011 that was before I was into it I went back to that movie later so you you actually got invested earlier yeah. that's pretty cool I mean a lot of a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't like the first Captain America in like, in if you look at the grand scheme of the movies, in the grand scheme of the movies, in the grand scheme of the movies, I think it's not very high on a lot of people's lists. Um, but for me, that was like, that was like the big nostalgia start for me. Uh, I think it was kind of a, it, it, I think it was huge for me because it was like a coming of age in a sense for me. Cause I was moving from eighth grade to high school at that time. Um, so it was like a, it was like a lot of empowerment stuff for me myself, um, um, but Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier out in Guardians was like also like a like a bigger. Wait, Sid, I'm sorry. Start that sentence again. You got I cut you off by sure. accident. Sorry. Uh, like Guardians and Winter Soldier, like you said, was like uh like another step into it because it was yeah. like we're building on top of another set of stories because we have to connect Avengers. And mm-hmm. Guardians in the same ga- like the same universe, on top mm-hmm. of Cap getting another story, and then what would eventually be Iron Man three and mm-hmm. well Thor two, but who cares? Um, so, so I, I agree with you that that was the year everything changed even for the better. I don't know if you agree with me, but if you look at Guardians and Winter Soldier, they're two genre movies that happen to be Marvel movies. Like Cap could be a Mission Impossible movie, but it's Captain America. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy could be a you know funny Star Wars movie, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that opened up a lot of people's eyes, including my own, where it wasn't just like the same comic because I do love all the Avengers movies, but if it's just the Avengers style feel genre wise, it could get really old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I really felt like Guardians was a huge step for people because Guardians was so laid back in a, a simple way to put it mm-hmm. because it really well one it was space everything yeah. is different in space um regardless if you're a space fan or not it just feels detached from earth and when you when you get detached from earth you you take a giant leap of faith with however you're thinking morals whatever and yep. you just think <clears throat> like you, you think you're out there and nothing matters and so on a ship well and this is why great sci-fi man characters yeah with and chris pratt chris pratt is just oh i want to give it to chris pratt because i loved his performance in the new movie but some people were turned off because of how bad of a guy he was and that's like i'm like that's why he was great in the new movie it was because his character evolve keeps evolving to be more complicated um but um space i wanted to i wanted to because i wanted to bring star wars into this briefly which is What's great science fiction allows you to do, you know, George Lucas says it's, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but let's be honest, 
what movies are more directly political in the big screen these days than Star Wars movies, right? And so it allows you to address social issues and, and even just people-to-people issues in ways that regular stories have struggle with because people are willing to suspend disbelief. They don't realize they're experiencing something very human, emotional, and funny or whatever that's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 it, de- yeah. it definitely ties all back into head corporation Disney and their stance on things. So, I mean, Disney doesn't give a fuck. I mean, Disney literally lets all of their highest profile, whether it's Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Ron Howard, Joss Whedon, J.J. Abrams, like they are openly anti-Trump, anti-right wing, constantly posting things online. Disney has never disagreed with it. You can see with The Last Jedi, which I want to ask, I have a question about The Last Jedi. You could see with The Last Jedi that they, I, Disney must have known that that was going to be controversial because of all the people of color, all the women, the way it made Luke Skywalker, traditional values, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and not only do they let it happen, but they've stood by every decision in it and says, look, you don't have to like our movie, but we have values here. We value diversity of all kinds um, and we're going to keep doing it. And so you can either live with it or not. It was like in Beauty and the Beast, even not, they, not only did they make Belle a feminist, but they made Gaston's right hand man, a, a guy who was totally gay for him. Uh, openly, you know, the movie was literally banned in Muslim countries. It wasn't even that great of a movie. I liked it, but Blue Beast was banned in Muslim countries because of all the gay and feminist themes in it. So people can say Disney's another giant, huge, evil corporation. My retort is of all the corporations that are as rich as Disney, name me five that are more openly progressive in their message, both on and, you know, off screen, basically. I, I don't know who it is. And they're making all the movies that are making all the money that are making all the good reviews. I mean, just look at Rotten Tomatoes and Box Office Mojo and tell me they're not making all the movies that people want to see. I don't know if that's a healthy trend in the long term, but it's undeniable that that's happening. And you've liked the recent Star Wars <clears throat> movies, correct? Oh, yeah. I had no problem with Episode Eight. I think I, I – I, well, correction. I have one problem with Episode Eight. My one problem with Episode Eight is the ending where it's like – little kid looking off in the distance like i'm gonna be a rebel yeah right but like, that's for the four-year-olds man that's well, right, I have right to but that, that's yeah. my problem but yeah besides yeah. that well, well yeah. i didn't i didn't need that pandering as a four-year-old i still wanted to i still wanted to be trained by darth vader as a four-year-old without any of that with the original trilogy i don't need any of that so i don't need that get that out of here yeah no i agree i but i was gonna say what's funny is they did that because they realized they wanted to end with people thinking Luke Skywalker was a great man again and stress that he would become a, a positive legend and not a legend for all the horrible things he did. I agree. I would have executed differently, but it was so short in the postscript. And to me, the movie ends with Leia holding Ray's hand and saying, you know, we're going to be okay. And so that moment of Leia and, and Ray is off screen because they can't. Right. But I'm saying the it. fact that that's the last thing we see of Carrie Fisher, that she's basically, I mean, the, I, the other thing is I consider it's a post credit sequence. That was the mistake. They should have completely kept that scene, but put it after the credits. Um, and it would have worked great because the closing shot should be Ray saying, how are we going to do anything? And Leia holding her hand and calmly being like, we have everything we need right here in the Millennium Falcon with Ray and Poe and all sorts of stuff. So, um, all right, man. Oh, well, a couple more movie questions. Really glad you've been joining the movies. Again, I am, and this is the first question, because I am, 
I've been consuming and loving Star Wars literally before I can remember, and I will be, when I'm like a crazy old man who barely knows what's going on, I'll just be watching Star Wars movies constantly on loop. Like, I love these Marvel movies, I like good comic book movies, but it's just not my thing as much. I'm thrilled that Marvel's doing so well. Obviously, they're both Disney. Let me ask you this. I know you like Last Jedi, I think you like Rogue One. Of the three new movies so far, uh, with Han Solo not out yet, the three new movies so far of Star Wars, which is your favorite and why? Rogue One because it wraps it up right now, right now. Here's my it's thing. a self-contained story. Yeah, it's a self. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, me personally, I love stories. I love storytelling. I love stories in general. I love characters. I just love stories. You can give me the most bland story, and I can still find some redeeming piece of it, and still get something away. Take something away from it. You understand? Like it could be, it could be the most bland. I do because I openly ever. love Rogue One to death, and I'm thrilled to hear this from you. Keep going. So, the fact that it is a complete story at this point in time is why I can take away that that one's the best one. Same way, with, like earlier in a couple episodes back, that I was talking about, like I cannot judge episode seven or eight fully until episode nine is out. You can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't judge. Uh, four, five, six on their own. Like, like if we were having this conversation about four, five, six, like people are upset because the story's not done. The story gets abruptly cut. It just does. You don't know what happens next. You don't. You have to wait another two years. That's what everybody's mad about. <laughs> until uh, until until there is a point in time in which I know the sequence of events and I know the underlying lines, like like the hints. Because I know, like in these in the trilogies of movies, in in the MCU and in Star Wars, there's underlying hints in all of these movies that lead to the next set of events or events that will lead eventually down. The trilogies line. are exhausting. I mean, right. the the original Star Wars was so long ago. You just watch three back to back; it's no problem. But like waiting between the years and all the talk and all the hype and everything. Do you remember the hype before the Last Jedi? Everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to be the best Star Wars movie, no matter what." And half the mm-hmm. Star Wars fans ended up hating it for various reasons. Mm-hmm. So all the critics think, loved it. All the critics, critics loved, loved it. it. Critics loved it, and the fans like me who loved it really loved it. But there mm-hmm. were a lot of people, and, and I think they can be neatly divided half and half. Half of the people who hated the Last Jedi, so half of the people who saw Last Jedi didn't like it. Half of the people who hated it are just right wing assholes who have been holding this in for three years since the Force Awakens came out. And introduced a lot of minority and white, uh, non-white characters and women and so forth. And finally, they just lost it with Last Jedi. The other half mm-hmm. have genuine good points as to why they don't love it. I personally love it. I do think it's more flawed than Rogue One or Force Awakens, but I do genuinely love it. I think there's a division, and, and there's been a problem with grouping together. People didn't like it. Have you experienced? Let me ask you from your friends, because I honestly, from just a demographic standpoint and anecdotal standpoint, would love to know. If you have friends, any friends of any kind, digital, real life, parents, you know, family, whatever, who do like Star Wars, what is the general feeling in your world about The Last Jedi and the weird backlash to it? So, so, so I have, I have two perspectives. I got, um, so my, my friends like, they all liked it. We had like a late, we had a late night conversation about like motives and stuff like that. Um, and I can't quite remember it, but they all liked it. I remember that. By my friends, um, my godfather didn't like it. He didn't like it. He thought there was not enough of what Star Wars meant to him, which yeah. was that's lightsaber fights, lightsaber yeah. fights, and that's the divide, and, and and space battles. There was not enough of that. He felt like there was not enough of that. 
Oh, um, man. Which I can agree to a certain extent. I, look, okay, first of all, if you want space battles, watch Rogue One. They have the best space battle of any Star Wars movie ever. It's not even close. Uh, six. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. I'm sorry. I mean, I love that you say that because The Turn of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie still, has always been, and I love the space battle in Jedi. But I'm talking about if you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan and you're introducing someone now who has a sensibility for modern film about what an awesome space battle looks like, show them Rogue One, and then when you get them into Star Wars, have them watch the entire original trilogy and then the Return of the Jedi battle, which is epically spectacular. No doubt. I am 100% on board with you. Okay, Those two clearly, battles clearly I best. think we can agree, Jesse, that episode three intro scene space battle transcends Great. all battles in Star no. Wars ever. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, oh, I'm kidding. I, I, I really thought you were going there and I was going to have to shut you down. Because I no, do actually good. like that battle more than I used to. I think it holds up better than a lot of CGI oh, sure. from uh, that what's age. His, what, what's his name who plays Obi-Wan is great in that movie. But y- Ewan, McCallan, uh, Ewan McGregor, and we're definitely going to hopefully get the Obi-Wan movie everybody wants. Because even the most hardcore prequel haters, like I'm a level 7 prequel hater. I've softened because I work with a lot of, uh, as you know, younger podcasters who are slightly older than you, but not much older than you, uh, many of whom are, are women, and they grew up with the prequels, and a lot of them love the prequels, so I, I saw, had to I tone down... I saw episode three in theaters. So. Yeah, so I've had to tone down my rhetoric a little bit about it, so I'm just someone who doesn't love the prequels, let's put it that way, but even like level 10 prequel haters like you and McGregor in that role, so I hope we do get an Obi-Wan movie to bridge that with the old-ass Alec Guinness that we love so much from the original trilogy. Um, but I want to really quickly, um, and we will get to video games, I really, really want to go back to your Rogue One comments because I think, I, 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 let me know if I'm interpreting this wrong. But I think what you're saying is Rogue One not only wrapped up the story in a single movie, but did it so effectively and in such a cool way that it makes watching each of the new trilogy movies harder in a sense because, like you said, we're waiting for it. And so how can we – basically, how can we score movies that are dependent on two other movies as highly as a single movie that feels like one of the most just epic action sci-fi movies of all time? Right. Yeah, it, basically, it, it's hard to it's hard to justify a story by tearing out the last. It, 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 okay, it's 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 like trying to judge Game of Thrones as a TV series without the rest of the show out yet. Like, do do we know? So, is is Game of Thrones finished? No, it's not. All right, the story on TV is not finished, and they're going ahead. They're skipping the books, like they're going ahead of the books, so they could make up what's going to happen. All right, well, well because the writer of the books decided he went to write right, the show right, instead, that, that's, which that, I totally that, am fine that's with. That's besides the point. That's besides the point. And no, so, that's exactly the point. Is, is that the media yes. moved? The medium fit moved. George R. R. Martin said, "I am now a TV writer instead of a book writer." I'm totally fine with it. I just think it's interesting. Go ahead. Right. So they he's, they're paving the story. All right. And we do not know what the rest of the series is like, so we cannot we cannot judge the series as a whole and say whether or not it, for example, is this series the greatest TV series that has ever aired. Yeah. Versus say versus say Westworld, which is starting now, all right, or versus or versus um, say I don't know Arrested Development, which a lot of people love. Okay, so which, which speaking of which had a Easter egg in Infinity War, 
and Ron Howard's been doing Arrested Development, pre, uh, like spoofs on his Han Solo movie, which I think is going to do great, by the way. Han Solo, which people were shitting on three months ago, now all the Star Wars fanboys, for some reason, are do, on board. I can't do the voice of Solo. Well, look, look. I don't use voice. Just, don't. List, just listen to me. I get... I get it. I, 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 I'm Matt, I just did a podcast with Matt. I've been releasing about Infinity War. He says the same thing. I, I, I totally get it. The problem is all the supporting characters are so great, especially Donald Glover, and then you have Chewie and Amelia Clark, who's amazing on Game of Thrones and other things. Like, yeah, and, just, and just the filming of Ron Howard and the Western vibe and the villains and the underworld and people want Star Wars. All I'm saying is, man, is that less than six months – after half the Star Wars universe predicted that Star Wars was dead, Disney was a bunch of social justice warrior assholes, and fuck diversity, and fuck Star Wars, this isn't my Luke Skywalker, all these things, less than six months later, it's already outselling Black Panther, which had set records a couple months ago, and Solo's opening weekend is going from $100 million to $200 million, and is probably going to be both Rogue One and The Last Jedi in money, and probably make a billion and a half dollars. I'm not saying it's going to be good, and I'm not saying he's going to be a great Han Solo, it just shows you the power of Star Wars. And I, but I wanted to say really quickly to end the Rogue One thing, man, because I love your perspective on this in relation to all this, and then we'll move on to video games, is that because of the misreaction to Rogue One, and because over time The Force Awakens unravels a little bit in terms of being too close to the original trilogy or whatever, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to reevaluate how great and unique and spectacular Rogue One was as a Star Wars movie. I think it feels the most like the Star Wars that I grew up with of any of the new movies, and it's not even close. Obviously, it takes place in the same time period, but the fact that I can watch Rogue One back-to-back with the original three trilogy movies and it feels like a seamless experience, I never thought as a kid of the 80s and 90s could happen, and that alone is, is one of the reasons I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that feeling as well. Um, Rogue One, it's definitely the time period for me, like where the movie takes place, but it has that feel of episode four. Because remember, just quickly, back to the last, uh, the, the Return of the Jedi space battle, which has like literally every moment of that space battle is memorable, especially when the, the Asian A-Wing pilot kamikazes into the Star Destroyer and blows up the bridge and the fucking Super Star Destroyer crashes Which is into definitely the not Star. racist. I never thought about that, actually. No, I'm serious. Does it make it not racist that I had never thought about that? Uh, no, it's Star Wars. It's space. Well, because he's, he's not Japanese, so I don't really group it into the same well, he, place. Well, 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 that's besides the point, but, like, uh, I, my, 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 com- my comment was more about, like, it's space and morals don't exist and the similar... Also, it was, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Racism didn't exist yet. Okay. Well, exactly, and that's why, like, when people like, like, I want Ahsoka to be played by Rosaria Dawson, which everyone wants in the movies. It's, it's someone's going to play Ahsoka in the movie. She's a cartoon character who looks like she's an alien, but she does look white overall. And so, people, you know, I'm just like, it's Star Wars. It's another galaxy. Like, who cares if they're white in the cartoon and black in the movie? You know, like Saw Gerrera with Forrest Whitaker looks nothing like the Saw Gerrera of the cartoons. Like, who cares? Like. You know, and so I think that's the split with Star Wars fans. Are the fans who just like we want great Star Wars and we'll just get on board with anything, and the fans who are just like, no, Luke and Han are, are classic old white American middle America guys, and that's what we want. Then there's nothing I can really say to those people. But I was going to say, what's gr- what's great about Return of the Jedi Space Battle is you feel the sacrifice of the rebels, right? 
the way we do in Rogue One, but Rogue One explains it and gives us the entire background about how dark and fucked up the Resistance was. Uh, the rebellion was. I mean, they were assassinating people. They were killing each other. They were, but they were cowards too. Like it wasn't until Jin Erso and all them did that thing that made the original rebellion possible. You know, and that's what I love is I always loved the rebels growing up, but they seem two dimensional and like, oh, we're just good all the time and we don't have motivation. But what we really got to see the motivations in Rogue One. And I'm saying this as someone who really didn't like the prequels and didn't want another prequel. When I found out Rogue One was going to be essentially another prequel. I rolled my eyes, and the fact that that's now my favorite outside the original trilogy shows that I think you can pull prequels off if they're just done well. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I agree. So uh, somehow, Rogue One is the best. Is that what we're saying? In current form, yes. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if you analyze, if, if you analyze the statement of single standalone movie, yes. Yeah. But that's by default. <laughs> right. Yeah, episode no, totally. seven was definitely better than episode eight. I think we could agree on that. Well, I think uh, the other thing is, you know, with Rogue One, it's it's a traditional war movie in the sense of I don't know if you've seen Saving Private Ryan or um, I want to. the Thin Red Line or Apocalypse Now or like any of these classic war movies. Is that the thing that's tough? Isn't just the violence and the death. And I mean, let's be honest. The other thing about Rogue One, do you ever imagine Disney would approve introducing all of these appealing good guy characters and literally murdering them all by the end of the movie? Like, never, never saw that coming with Disney, to be honest. Um, so bless them for that. Um, however, the other thing is, it's about soldiers as a whole and not about individuals. And I think that one of the main complaints about Rogue One is, well, we didn't really get to know the characters. To which I say, first of all, it was an ensemble cast of people who have all nominated or won Emmys and Academy Awards, and that's why they were cast. And there were so many of them in one movie, where half the movie was literally a giant action scene. We weren't going to have time to get to know them. But the fact that it's so sad when each of them dies and everyone gets sad and attached to them by the end shows that it actually succeeded. But even if it didn't, what I love is Rogue One is the one movie that's not obsessed with two or three characters and it's about the larger society and the larger causes going on. I don't know if that's something you identified with in particular. I can agree to that. Um, it's about how war sucks. You can be the most heroic yeah. person ever. You jump out in front of gunfire and you're dead. So you're a hero right. one second and dead one second later. Right. It, 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 definitely, it definitely felt that way because like going into Rogue One, I knew they were all going to die. Like I just knew. Because, like, we don't see these characters anywhere else. What are they going to do? Be on a tropical island off on some random planet? No. That's not how Star Wars works. Like, even if we want it to be. Although it has worked that way. Uh, Harrison Ford begged, begged George Lucas to kill him in Return of the Jedi. He said, the movie won't have stakes unless you kill one of the main characters early in Return of the Jedi. I'm the one you should kill. And George Lucas wouldn't do it. And for the sake of me loving Return of the Jedi, I'm glad that that happened. But I understand Harrison Ford's point. Right. Well, he finally got his wish about yeah. two episodes later. But- and let's be honest. Whatever you think about Force Awakens, the Ben Solo killing of Han Solo scene is one of the top five or seven Star Wars moments ever, I think. Um, and so Harrison Ford was right. I just think fate worked out kindly and that that was the better way for him to die all these years later when we worship Han Solo, which is why people are buying the tickets. So we'll wrap this up. People are going to see Han Solo. I've been saying for a year now that it's going to be better than people think. I'm more confident than ever. And if nothing else, Donald Glover is going to get people in the seats. Cause let me tell you, my friend, 
White ladies, black ladies love Donald Glover. Oh, man. Do they love Donald Glover? And Lando is a fan favorite across the board, especially because he's a character that should have been a racist stereotype in the early 80s and ended up not being that whatsoever. One of the most loved good guy characters in Star Wars, even though he's super smooth or whatever. Like, somehow that's a bad stereotype, you know? Like, he's he's great. Um, So I'm excited for it. I hope you at least give it a chance if it gets good reviews and you have people who uh, love. I'm gonna watch it. It's yeah. more. It's more about. And I just actually realized this while we were talking about. It's. It's more just like the two trailers just didn't impress me. Oh the, yeah, the way yeah. They, they didn't rub me the other the way the other two did. It didn't rub me the way Rogue One did because Rogue One felt like it mattered. Oh my god, dude! If you want to, if you want some feels, if if you want to, if you want to experience incredible feels in a literal two minute and ten second period, when we get off this podcast. Google and watch the final Rogue One trailer that came out like a month or two before the thing. You just watch that trailer and relive it. It's, it is unbelievable what they did in that trailer. The Han Solo trailers have been nothing like that whatsoever. But that's what they want after, after Last Jedi. They want this to be fun and a little dumb, if you will, in a way, on, on purpose, I think. No. And sp- sp- speaking of that, I actually kind of realized, like, I know I hate his voice, but I think they did it on purpose. I think they probably casted a annoying, smuggish, assholeish voice for him. Dude, I, I'm sorry to say this, but if you watch the original Star Wars movie, the original movie, with a critical eye, the person who is maybe overacting the most... Uh, even more than Luke Skywalker is Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Han Solo in the original movie overacts to an extreme degree. He has his moments of subtlety. No, 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 no. But I mean, Harrison Ford as an actor doesn't really come into his own until Empire Strikes Back. Like it's it, 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 it's not a, like a good performance from a classical perspective in the original movie. Um, and so I just want people to give him a chance. I think it'll grow on people, but even if it doesn't, if you just do it through the relationships of Chewie to him, of Lando to him, of the Falcon to him, and, and, and you know, I think they're on purpose because of what you're saying, not having him have a ton of speaking lines, have it be more like a visual, physical performance, I think it could work, you know? But there's no doubt he is not going to look or sound like Han Solo, no matter what we do. It's just impossible. And there was there are people who can do good Harrison Ford impressions that aren't very good actors. And... I, I still would have preferred this experiment, whether it works or not, than hiring a guy because he looks and or sounds like Harrison Ford, but isn't a good actor. This guy has been in like an Academy Award talk, and he's very young, you know, in Coen Brothers movies and stuff like that. So I, I appreciate the effort. I think we can say across the board, and then we'll really wrap this up and move into God of War and some video game topics. Whatever you want to say about Disney, when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars, they seem to be allowing a lot of creative freedom more than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. No, no, I uh, agree. <clears throat> yeah, a, for Marvel particularly, I feel like they kind of just let the reins off, especially with. I mean, like, <clears throat> intentionally, Deadpool was meant to be. Well, that's not Disney. That's not Disney, to be fair. But yeah, they they own. They don't own Fox yet. They will. It hasn't happened yet. They will. Yeah, they will. You know what's funny uh, is that really quickly, Deadpool. Uh, are you excited for Deadpool? Of course. I feel offended that you had to ask that. 
Well, to, well I, I, that was a leading question I was going to ask you. If, assuming it's good and funny at all, would you want to do a, a just full Deadpool review with me instead of the video game podcast? Sure. Like a reaction? Sure. Cool. Uh, really quickly, uh, Ryan Reynolds was very vocal about not wanting to be bought by Disney because he didn't want to just be part of the mega corporation and wanted Deadpool to exist in the X-Men universe by itself, which, by the way, in principle, I agree with. I don't want the X-Men to come to the Avengers universe, even if they're owned by the same company. I want them to exist separately. It's too many superheroes. I love the X-Men growing up in Deadpool. I don't want them to be together. But when he saw Black Panther, he was totally converted. I mean, oh wow! Ryan Reynolds, when he saw Black Panther, was just he immediately was like, "Okay, I actually feel like confident. I can bring my Deadpool franchise to Disney and not have to compromise," which is pretty cool. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you this off stream because it gets pretty deep. But I had a it, my dad had an interesting theory about MCU. So okay, um, so all right, so here's here's the connection. Here's the connection. Thank you for talking movies with me. It was great. I mostly wanted to get to the point where you, on your own, said that you thought Rogue One was the best. That was the most important thing. But many other good insights as well um, of the new movies, let's be clear. Uh, I'm still Return of the Jedi guy. And fuck you if you don't like Ewoks. Go to hell. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think we can agree, though, that Porgs are better than Ewoks. Porgs are more acceptable to the general population, but I still love Ewoks. <laughs> Best battle cry, best battle cry in existence. I'm sorry. Just, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Totally. Totally. I love the porgs. I mean, I got I got my um my my little nephew's pork dolls when they were you know like a year ago, and now they're much older and they still hug and play with the porgs all the time. They're like those big plush dolls. And they say pog pog pog. Oh man, I can't literally like I, they get better the older they get, and you can do more with them, and they know your name and they're talking, but. When they into like four, four and a half years old and I can show them a new hope and blow their mind, like I can't wait for that moment, you know? Like every little boy should have that moment of seeing Luke Skywalker for the first time. Um, I think it's fair to say. And that's the power of Star Wars. But speaking of power... You also got, you also got to do dubbed Godzilla movies. Yeah. Um, so Thor replaced his hammer with an axe. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Uh, in this movie. That's all I'll say. Now, there's another video game, there's a video game going on right now that also has to do with Norse mythology and is really playing into the popularity of franchises like Thor and the Vikings television show, which is pretty good. It was once excellent. It's just okay now, but it's it's really well done. People love the Vikings stuff. We see Thor with an axe. I couldn't help thinking, man, watching Infinity War that I've seen something with Scandinavia and a magic axe before. So we are going to jump into God of War which you and I both kind of dismissed just out of lack of interest uh, late last year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say I'm surprised by it, the success of it. They've always made a lot of money. Um, yeah. And I will say, though, I will call to the fact that cop to the fact that it does appear to be a much deeper game and experience than I thought. However, since we started doing these video game podcasts six months ago and I've started getting very invested. And by the way, guys, I, I don't want to be a downer here. I have to say, though, the Bizzlecast officially thoughts and prayers are going out to Total Biscuit right now, who's been fighting cancer for like five years. He's 33 years old. He's helped start everything on YouTube and many of the video game things that we love because of guys like him. It's really sad and uh, just want the prayers to go out to him. And he's been a big inspiration to me in getting back into the genre um, and, and learning about it, having a critical eye, but embracing it as well. Um, even he, by the way, has been very, in his, the few tweets he's able to do has been very praiseworthy of it. Guys like Jim Sterling, who are very critical, very praiseworthy of it. I don't know anyone who does 
doesn't like God of War, man. Other if it's regular players or like critics that I follow, mm-hmm. um, what, what is your take on the, the this level of both critical and commercial success of the reboot of the God of War franchise? I have I have one. I, here's my thesis for like mm-hmm. everything I'm going to say here, which is mm-hmm. this goes back to everything I say about game development ever. You give a you give a dev team. Five years to make a video game, and you get this. You get this. You get a beautiful cinematic story. Oh wait, so, I'm sorry. I have to, I, I didn't finish the fucking thought that I just had. That's going to lead right into what you say, which is I've learned about the the, the informal bond between the Sony th- studios, like Santa Monica, Naughty Dog, and Gorilla, and for example. And so I understand where this creativity is coming from much more. Keep going. So you, you, you get an incredible cinematic story that is both an excellent video game and an excellent story. Like, 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 you, you, like, like this is the pinnacle example of why video games are in themselves an entertainment art. Hmm. You, give, you give an artist the right amount of time to create what they're trying to create or, or – or, uh, Entertainment food. You get to cook the right materials in the right time to make what they're trying to prep up. Mm-hmm. You get you get something beautiful or something very tasty. Everything every, everything about this game is an example of why game developers need time in the world and the in, in in the industry today because twenty years ago. Games were made through much easier means. You had much limited hardware, so the way to create a game was much more artificial. Now everything from the insects on the ground to the clouds in the sky to the wind flowing through your hair is animated, voiced, and... uh, felt through a controller and through speakers and through a TV screen. And how is this happening? It is happening because a major corporation, Sony, is allowing studios that they control but give full autonomy. Similarly, again, the way Kevin Feige with Marvel movies and Kathleen Kennedy with Star Wars movies are giving essentially unlimited time and money to their very, very talented writers and directors. Sony is doing this with Naughty Dog, Santa Monica Studios, and um, Gorilla, and there's probably some others um, as well I'm missing. Um, Killzone. Or the uh, uh, people who made, uh, Horizon Killzone. Uh, uh, no, that's Gorilla. Oh, that's Gorilla. That's right. Um, and, and by the way, in all three, camp, look, let me just give you examples in all three cases. So Horizon Zero Dawn by Gorilla Games, they made their name on the Killzone games, which were very fun and beautiful games that did have cool world building stuff, but was mostly just ended up being shooters. And they they literally canceled all of their projects, including a successor to Killzone, to work on Horizon for like six years. And Sony was cool, uh, cool with it, and we mm-hmm. see the results. God of War. God of War has been a on-rails action game for a decade, 
that has always looked good and been cool, but is so over the top. The main character is annoying. It's like too bloody. Like it should never have sold as much as it did in the past. And now they've turned into a semi open world slash uncharted slash father son, you know, emotional storyline, even naughty dog man with uncharted and last of us. They used to make like bizarre platformers like Jack and what the hell was it called that nobody even plays like, um, uh, like almost like um, uh, Crash Bandicoot. I mean, Crash Bandicoot is from Naughty Dog Studios, which is why in Uncharted Four, at multiple points, you can play Crash Bandicoot as a mini game in the game. They made like stupid ass platformers. They've all evolved into these creative studios focusing on telling narrative, building character, and great dialogue writing on the level of the best movies out there. It is an art form. You're right, man. I'm very impressed. It's it, 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 it's beautiful what you can create when you're given the time. When Zelda had five years, they came up with Breath of the Wild. When, um, how am I just forgetting their name? Uh, people who make God of War. Uh, yeah, uh, they just they just they're just called Santa. Like it's Santa Monica Studios. Santa, it's, when it's, Santa Monica Studios gets yeah. five years to make God of War, they make God of War. All right. And that is why it is currently a Game of the Year contender. People forget, by the way, that God of War 2, although it came out on the PS2, came out while the PS3 was out. And what looked so good that it actually looked better than most of the few games that were out for the PS3 at that point. Mm-hmm. Yep, not surprised. But, but that was looks. That was looks. That wasn't personality. If we, if, you know, yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, this God of War step... It's it's look it's less impressive to me because I feel like Gorilla with Horizon and um, The Last of Us um, with Naughty Dog as well as Uncharted with Naughty Dog they've already done it and with new IPs so it's slightly less impressive but mm-hmm. nevertheless it's a little different than you know Sea of Thieves. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Well, Microsoft pushed their release. Say, say, oh, and, and let's let's flip it. Let's flip it to Sony. Let's flip it to yeah. Sony. No Man's Sky. They rushed No Man's Sky. Look at what No Man's Sky came out, and just a year, a year from its release. All right, almost two, almost two years, almost two years from its release. They're yeah. uh, they're putting out No Man's Sky next, which is a huge update. They yeah. claim it's going to. They they they. Uh, if uh, a streamer I watch has said a couple points, and I agree with all with all three of the points. If they. If No Man's Sky throws in the multiplayer they promised from the beginning, the rich vegetation, the beautiful landscapes yeah. that they showed off at E3 demos into yeah. all the planets, and they throw in mm-hmm. more to do, there's no reason not to play that game. And like, there, there is no reason. Like, if they if they give us eventually what they promised, there's no reason not to play that game. There's no reason not to. Yeah, uh, they, so absolutely, young and optimistic. They dicked. Oh, sure, they dicked over people. Now, li- listen, listen. I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they will get it done. What I'm saying is, if they get it done. No, I hear you. I hear you. But look, I, I need to steer back to the main point here, which is, even if they released it and they literally got a giant bag of human feces in the mail, and that was it. They're still on top because all of these other projects are so critically acclaimed and making so much money. It's like, it's like, hold on, hold on. Just a movie comparison. By the way, Disney making all these great movies, they already control about 70% of the movie year. After Solo, they're going to control about 85% of the movie year. 
By the way, they released A Wrinkle of Time, which nobody saw. The critics panned, and the people who saw the movie hated to extreme levels. That was also Disney. Everyone's forgotten about it because of Black Panther, Infinity War, and Han Solo. So I feel like that's the situation there. Mm-hmm. I, I was more of just trying to point out the fact that like there is there is blame on both sides, but that but, that, but, that, but that's but, yeah. but that, 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 that's just that's just the hammer in home more the point about God of War and how important it is to leave developers alone when they're working. Okay, so let's take a step back. Let's do a little inside the actor studio for the video game industry here because I'm really interested in this. And you know a lot about this. You also know a lot about Nintendo. So if you look at Sony's relationship to Naughty Dog, Gorilla, Santa Monica, and so forth, how does that compare to the quote-unquote in-house development that happens at Nintendo, which I know are different developers and writers who are all legends doing these franchises? Mm-hmm. Is it a similar degree of autonomy? Is there more control? So, is there less control? So so, so the, the way I always compare when you're thinking about Nintendo versus other products is Nintendo is to Apple as Windows is to everybody else. All right? Everything in-house is happening the same way Apple is doing everything in-house. All right? Everything is perfectly crafted over at Apple to specifically work with Apple and nothing else. It's not meant to run any other way. Same way in Nintendo. It's only meant to run one specific way, and that way is fun. Or for Apple, that way is a quote-unquote great product. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's a thing. I mean, that, that whatever you want to say about iPhone or Mac OS, it is relatively fun to use and not a chore the way Windows is. It doesn't make it better, more powerful, more intuitive, or whatever, but it is but, more fun to use, correct. which is why people older than 40 prefer to have iPhones because, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, I was, I was just, I was just taking a shot at Apple, but that's besides the point. No, I, well, you took a shot at Apple, but you gave them a huge compliment by comparing them to Nintendo. So I'm not, right. I don't care. Yeah. Well, 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 that 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 comparison is apt. I have no problem with that comparison, but but they're also they're also fiercely fiercely defensive and protective of their in-house software and hardware the way Nintendo is. Absolutely, absolutely. You find like, um, you find other stuff like like so Nintendo like. Y- so a bunch of Pokemon fan-created games came out on the web like a while back, like a couple years ago. All right? This is like a fully done new Pokemon story using assets from other Pokemon games, files and whatnot. All right? You had th- – there, there is a group, like a secret group known as Nintendo Ninjas that just straight up just eviscerates and takes down people without, without it being public. Without it being public. Some guys who who leaked the entire Pokemon game files onto the web a couple of years ago, they also kind of like like their Twitters like yeah. just disappeared. Yeah, just disappeared. Yeah, you have like, like so much like Apple, they're very productive. So what I'm really trying to get at is with the with the Nintendo and Apple comparison and how this differs from Sony is um, if you look at particularly uh, specific series that they have. Um, you're well acquainted yeah. with it. You love it very much. Fire. I love it a good amount. I don't love it as much as I should, but I do love it. You, 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 you like it. You, you, if you had to pick a Nintendo favorite of yours, it, that's it, If fun. every Fire Emblem game was like Awakening, yes. Okay. If you look at the history of Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem actually doesn't do that well in comparison to yeah. other... It's like, it's like Dragon Quest, yeah. Just, just in general, among all games... Fire Emblem's history is not very good. 
And so you see Nintendo stick with the six games, six games before one finally really gets mm-hmm. like pop off really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's now now maybe now mainly that's due to language barrier, and like because we're talking about from like early nineties two thousands yeah. to now to twenty twelve yep. anyway when Awakening came out. So because because there's just the, the games either didn't come out at all in English, or they got an English translation like two years after they come out, and it does that does that does horrible for sales. For Can I ask a hypothetical on this? It's very relevant. If you took Mario vs. Rabbids and you took a Fire Emblem game and you switched the brands and the characters, but everything else remained the same. So Mario Rabbids became the Fire Emblem vs. Rabbids and Fire Emblem became Mario-themed. Would it change anything? Commercially. Are we talking about, are, are, are we talking about swapping weapons? or No, just swapping? literally just the brands. Like, you know how they have all the Warriors games, like Hyrule Warriors there, blah, 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 but they're all Warriors games? Right. So, so the Fire Emblem Awakening, it's, you know, Mario something Awakening, and it's, but in terms of the gameplay mechanics, the presentation, the graphics, the format, does that change anything? Fire Emblem will be a much more forgiving, less dark world, but yeah. I mean, but I, like, yes, the stories are drastically changed. I guess the real question I'm getting to is, Mario Rabbids is a turn-based strategy game, whether people want to say it or not. To me, that's a giant compliment, and one of the main reasons I want a Switch is to play that fucking game. It looks amazing to me, personally, because I love those games. As much as I want to play Zelda, I want to play Mario vs. Rabbids. I have no interest in the Mario world, and I have no interest definitely in the Rabbids world. But I wonder if Nintendo could still have that same success if it wasn't Mario attached to the name. Now, I will say, man, and this is the connection to the studio thing, who made Mario vs. Rabbids? Oh, it was not Nintendo, I, my buddy, my dude. They, they definitely oh, had some Oh, the Bizzle them. knows a little Nintendo knowledge that Ethan doesn't. Oh, um, well, I didn't actually pay, I didn't pay that much attention to it, so it's like... You want to guess? Uh, well, it was it was Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Yeah, it's Ubisoft. Right? Yeah, it was all Ubisoft, Ubisoft right? which yeah. you and I and many people like Total Biscuit, Jesse Cox, and so forth, who I like, all of us rightly rag on Ubisoft for making every game feel like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, okay. I just want to get one thing clear. I will commend Ubisoft for turning their shit around. They real did quick. it. They did it in all franchises. They, they did. Like, like, like if. If they could release things next this year and next year in the same way they were doing everything right now, they have like they, they they've gone from they've gone from EA level to Bethesda level. A li- slightly under slightly if under I, If I could buy Origins, I would be playing it right now. If I could if I could pay twenty dollars for Assassin's Creed Origins, I'd be literally playing it right now. Really? I would. I, I would because all I wanted from previous Essence game was it to get twenty to forty percent better, and it seems like it has. DLC included. I'm on. That's what I mean. I'm That's not, what I'm saying. No. Yeah. No, but DLC. go ahead. Go ahead. Because Bethesda, right? Ubisoft is between Bethesda and EA. That's a great comparison. That, 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 that's the Can best you talk way to I the listeners though about what that spectrum is? Because I know exactly what you're saying in shorthand, but just to EA, EA, two K. Most of 2K, bottom of the barrel, and half of Activision. Because? Because of 
their lack of effort and willingness to, like we're talking about, let developers cook. They don't. They they the, the releases that they put out are mostly yearly releases, half baked and filled with microtransactions. It's, you know what though? All those things are true, but there's a further step of fucked upness about that, which is what? How does EA talk about their video game products? And Ubisoft has, for the most part, up until recently, they don't call them games, man. What do they call them? They call them services. And the idea of getting people uh, to pay for services yeah. that happen to include some parts of a game, but not all parts that you have to keep paying for, be online all the time for, be multiplayer in at all times, whether it's fucking Sea of Thieves or some of the Assassin's Creed games or, you know, all EA products. Bethesda doesn't talk about services. Naughty Dog and the Sony, Sony sub-studios don't talk about services. They talk about games. And as I've said, I rag on Bethesda because it's buggy as shit, but I still prefer them over these other big companies because they are making games. They're making primarily single-player games that are games that you buy, and it's not a service that you have to subscribe to and buy into that you keep shelling out money for, which includes, sorry to interrupt you, what you said about microtransactions. Go ahead. We, 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 just, just, just quick side note. We really got to get you to play Fallout New Vegas. And so you could feel a little bit better about Bethesda. Oh, I know because I, I suck, I suck John, I suck John Gonzalez's dick for writing Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's, it's not a hard sell. I have a PS3. If someone wants to give me a copy of Fallout New Vegas, I got my PS3 20 feet from here. I will plug it in and I will play the fuck out of that game. It's six bucks. I know, but I hate GameStop. Get it, get it by the way, I have literally, Ethan, but just by randomly, by someone who watches a lot of YouTube about video games, run across two independent videos by two totally different people posted within the last year who d- did an entire video that like 100,000 people saw about why they worked at GameStop and hated it and no one should go there. <laughs> I'm not saying they're that bad. It's just interesting. I keep running across these videos. Well, well as, as someone who... Work there, yes, I can. I can. I can attest. No, don't to say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Um, I just wanted you to know that. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, I see. I've reserved games there that I've gotten digital receipts for, and they've told me they don't have the game, and then they want to give me a used copy of the game. I tell them to go fuck themselves. Um, so, anyways, but. You understand you you're setting up of that spectrum of Ubisoft being between Bethesda and EA on these services and microtransactions and stuff and moving more towards Bethesda. I think what you're saying is they're getting better at making pure games. They're not it's not even about getting better. I think they always made they had good games from the get. The problem was is that they were a lot of them. So 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 for me and you Assassin's Creed, for the most part, the previous, the, the majority of Assassin's Creed, not the newest one, is not something interesting or a full world that you would pay $60 to enjoy. But for a lot of people, it is. So, and it's in, in, in a similar sense that Call of Duty does not appeal to me or you to buy a $60 release every year. But for a lot of people, it does. So I, I would I would argue I would argue the context of I, I would argue the context that they never made good games. Certainly, I can agree with you. Most Assassin's Creed are bad, and the fact that it took them this long to revolutionize the genre a little bit 
I'll add a little sauce. I'll add a little spice to the sauce. Is welcome and great, and it's great they're finally doing it. But I think that a lot of things that Ubisoft makes is great. For Honor is a fantastic. Oh yeah, my boy Sam Strippen is literally streaming it on Twitch right now. I mean, but 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 the server sucked for three weeks straight, and unfortunately, they decided to add character DLC characters that are broken. That for that a lot of people consider broken anyway. By the That's way, I'm sorry, quick uh, uh, Bizzlecast chill here for Twitchers. So, guys, people who are providing you entertainment, if you're into video games and watch Twitch and or YouTube, pl- find ways to support, even if it's buying a t-shirt, buying a sub for one month to support these people. Like, Total Biscuit with the Cancer is an intense scenario, but my girl Dodger, who's like my w- favorite Twitcher, uh, who, the one Twitcher I pay for a subscription for, just had a baby with her husband Strippin, who's also a Twitcher. They're literally making all their money off of subscriptions and related things online. They're trying to support a baby and stuff like that. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, guys, I actually don't care if you pirate video games, buy used video games, borrow your friends' video games, any of that, but the people who you watch online, Ethan, I think you can agree with me, if you can afford it to throw even these guys a few dollars they really really appreciate it and the fact that you guys can enjoy the bizzle intro that i have right now with dodger uh strippin and uh, uh allison hayslip and some others to you know give a shout out to the bizzle is just testament to the fact that they really connect with their fans and they will help you out in small ways if you can just help them out so i'm sorry that was a corny public service announcement we we talk about video games so much i think you can agree especially if you're following someone who doesn't have a million followers but is quality you should support them if you can right i i just what i really think you're trying to say here is have you heard of amazon prime? <laughs> yeah 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 well that's the thing no i use my amazon prime at different people i phys- i actually pay for dodger and i use my yeah no no but i'm i'm i'm, I'm making yeah. twitch hey look i'm the biggest amazon whore in the world i i i'm it says when i sign into my subscription it uh, I, when i sign into amazon it says subscriber since 1999 i can look at the cds i used to buy cds i can look at the cds i bought in 1999 on amazon it's crazy um so yes get amazon free movies free shipping free twitch prime subscription you're an idiot if you don't get it um but back to the serious matter at hand man so i really quickly to do some game theory look at far cry and look at assassin's creed ubisoft for better or worse has made the open world game along with rockstar we should say I want to get, we're going to talk about Red Dead Redemption later and with Grand Theft Auto, but Ubisoft is a major contributor to making the open world a, a massive commodity. And even when that world doesn't have a lot in it, um, and that's been really the main complaint. So from a, a, a theory standpoint, I want you to take Zelda Breath of the Wild. What was that other open world RPG that you, you mentioned recently that we'll talk about later maybe? Um, that you were really into, uh, not Xenoblade. Fuck, what was it called? Quantum something? Quantic? No. Um, you know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. Think okay, I do. so we'll take we'll take Zelda. Take the better parts of Xenoblade. Take what what you've played and what you know of Horizon. What you know about Witcher. Why are those games, in most people's opinions, if not all, superior open-world games to Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and the, those Ubisoft uh, watchdogs, those Ubisoft games? I would actually, but just, just, just to actually level this here, I would equivocate 
not on the same level, but I would definitely bubble Far Cry Five with Witcher, Horizon, and Zelda. I mean, from from an from a critical artistic standpoint, that's not supported online. Yes, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I didn't think you like. I didn't think you liked Far Cry. None of those games have guns. No, no, you're not talking about Far Cry. Far Cry has tons of guns and bazookas and stuff like that. You're not right, right? But but that that's why I'm grouping. But but a lot of people are drawn onto the open world gun aspect of Far Cry and how it. So how is that grouping with bows and arrows of Witcher and Horizon? Because 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 magic does not appeal to everybody, Jesse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But I'm 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 confused about what you mean by grouping. Well, well, uh, what you 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 were differentiating Far Cry as oh, a you mean in terms of a genre comparison? Well, no, well, well, you you were separating Far Cry as an open world Ubisoft product from the three masterpieces that you just mentioned. Um, I'm still not catching on because to me, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, a lot of elements of those appear in Witcher and Horizon, and vice versa. So I'm not really. Oh, 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 oh! I misunderstood your question. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm saying, why are why are some open world games lauded for being open world, and others like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, at least up until recently, been criticized for being open world? Was really my question. I haven't heard too much criticism about the Far people Cry aren't ripping world. it, but it's not being like game of the year talked. Like Witcher was a unanimous, Horizon was up there with Zelda. That's why I brought up Witcher, Zelda, and Horizon, all game of the year or you know runner up game of the year contenders in open world. Assassin's Creed, and let's be honest, the fact that Dragon Age Inquisition won game of the year. I don't know any major game people that I follow that thought, even if they like Dragon Age Inquisition, that thought that was a good idea. And they still... It was the only option, to be honest, well, though. That's because it was well, the only that's option. Still, that's still not a good idea. I mean... But, but you, 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 well, 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 welcome to 2015-2016 gaming. But... Right, let's, let's, I'm trying to get us back on the same page here, which is... If, uh, let me be more specific... If you make an open world, it should be because your story and character narrative and world building requires it, right? Guerrilla Games specifically did not want to do an open world. And then even when they decided to do Horizon, it was going to be a limited open world. And they specifically make the first three to four hours very linear. And then the the 10 hours after that, you're mostly in the same area, but you're not restricted to the area. You physically can go anywhere at that point, but they make it, uh, they make it smart to stay in your initial area for as long as possible, level up, get to know the world, get to know your skills, but they don't force you to the best dragon age game the original dragon age origins was a very limited open world game where you always were fast traveling between locations and there was movement within those areas but it was nowhere near like dragon age inquisition and i don't know anyone who thinks dragon age inquisition is better the original mass effect game which hipsters say is the best there's no way mass effect 2 isn't the best game sorry guys spoiler alert but the original mass effect was like no man's sky 
I mean, do you know this? I mean, the original Mass Effect, you would spend hours going around empty planets doing nothing, basically. And so they streamlined it on two, and then they streamlined it a little too much for three, which was people's main complaint more than the ending. Um, but two, but, but Mass Effect 2, like Dragon Age Origins, some of these other games, they're partially open world. They don't force an open world scenario on you. And it's become to the point where the Ubisoft model of having a mini map with all the stuff you're supposed to do has become like a negative stereotype almost and if you're going to do it like in uh, do it well these days but still be received well like in horizon you have to change the formula and make it cooler streamline it or zelda take it out altogether um that's what i'm saying i'm saying that you know the best games of the last few years for the most part have been very very smart open world games with lots to do okay whereas ubisoft has pumped out dozens of these games and none of them have sniffed game of the year and i don't think that's a coincidence Okay, so it's only recently that the three open-world games that Ubisoft has come out with, Division, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Far Cry 5, are only so good is because they are comparable to Zelda, Witcher, Skyrim, Horizon, you name it. Um, they're not. They're not as good. They're not as good. You know how I know they're not as good? Because people aren't still talking about them. People streamed the shit out of Origins and Far Cry for the first few weeks. Everyone acknowledged there was a big improvement. But people are still making videos and podcasts about Zelda. Still doing about Horizon. They're still doing about Witcher Three. Well, I mean, some people say Witcher well, Three is the best game of the that, last fifteen years. But 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 let, let me finish That's what I'm trying right. to say here, which is, which is yes. Yes, you are right. You and I agree, and most of the world agrees that those are that like they, they are they are two different tiers of game. That one is a artisan craft, and another right. is. So I'm trying to get you to give specifics here. So let's back up in time. Let's back up in time. Wait, 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 right, right, which is what yeah. I'm trying to get to. Division took three years to right. get to so where let's, it is. Let's do a little historical perspective. Assassin's, yeah. Creed, okay. Assassin's Creed is still not there. And, and Far Cry, Far Cry is yeah. good, but it is not. Okay. But, but it is not so perfect that it is outstanding from outstanding and comparable to the other to the three okay. greats. And so, and so to look at to look at why why that is is because where Ubisoft is coming from and why we're saying Ubisoft is one eightying versus just it's a magical perfect company. It's on Bethesda level. It's on Nintendo level. It's on Naughty Dog level. All right. There, 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 there's a what's up, what's on Naughty Dog level? Uh, Ubisoft I, as a developer. Well, Ubisoft's a corporation. That's the problem. Is they don't outsource their material. That's the whole point I'm trying to get to. Is that Sony and even Nintendo creates these semi-independent studios that have a lot of autonomy and so can be super creative. And so even when someone like Ubisoft takes a Nintendo property, which is where this whole conversation that we've been rambling on started was about Mario vs. Rabbids and Ubisoft developing one of their best games ever because it was a Nintendo property, but also because it was a Nintendo product. And Nintendo made sure that they were going to put the clamp down on stuff and not let Ubisoft get away with the usual bullshit. And so it took working with Nintendo for Ubisoft to try truly innovate in a genre for the first time in the longest time I can say, you know, 
And if, if Guerrilla Games can go from Killzone to fucking, you know, Horizon, if God of War can go to all the previous, what I consider really not that interesting God of War games to, you know, Game of the Year material now, that's, that is a strike against Ubisoft. I mean, just compare, I'll be more specific here, man, in hopes to continue trying to get closer to the point I'm really trying to make. I want you to compare Breath of the Wild to the stereotypical, old, you know, old school for many years Assassin's Creed or Far Cry type game. And why Zelda is so much better on every level than that type of open world. So Far Cry for one is much smaller, but shorter. Um, I can tell you firsthand that there is a lot, a lot less to do in Far Cry than there is to do in Zelda. The scale of both games, Zelda is a much bigger scale of a product. I know, I think I'm, I need to, I, I need to look at the map sizes, but I'm pretty sure Far Cry is smaller, if not comparable to Skyrim, and Zelda is bigger than Skyrim. Um... The reason everyone uses Skyrim as a map example is because Skyrim is pretty fucking big. Um, the other main point is that for 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 you specifically, I know I know I know you're a big deep diver into this one. And that is that it's a Zelda title versus a Far Cry title. If you pit the two against each other, you're often gonna have to find that Zelda is going to win almost all of the time. I don't think you're giving the game you love enough credit by putting this on brand and size. I think those are two of the less important elements. I think it's all about gameplay, narrative, and immersion into the world. I don't think I, I think am. Breath of the Wild could have been a great game even without the Zelda title. Let's let's run the two down right now. All right. Far Cry has No one knew who Aloy was. Who the fuck's Aloy? Right, but but, but well, I'll compare those two as well. All right, I'll compare those two as well. Far Cry does. F- Far Cry has, uh, you know, uh, this 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 is going to get really deep. So let's yes, let's that's what I'm trying this. to get us go. <sighs> okay, so Far Cry versus let's just do Far Cry versus Zelda yes, as an example. That's what I said. All right, Far Cry has Far Cry. If you take the two standalone titles and you take out the names, all right, Far Cry does has a appeals to a much wider audience as it involves America guns and a whole lot yep. of other stuff. Agreed. All right. Already it has a better narrative because Zelda's story is the same one that is told over and over again. And yes, I know I'm avoiding names in this, but it is the same story as almost it, it's a very generic story. Zelda has a very generic story in all the Zelda games including Breath of the Wild. The outline, sorry, I'm going to get, again, a game I haven't played a ton, but I know a lot about from you and other people. I will say the outlying mission and story of Zelda seems very superficial, but the stories told within your game experience are highly varied and very deep. Well, that that is partially due to the fact that Zelda is an open world game and what you're experiencing through the and world. And has great writing, and that's what's 
this is where I'm trying to get us, man. I'm just going to push us there. It has great writers on all levels, and, and it's a priority they have great writers. It's not always been sure. the case that Ubisoft games and EA games want great writers, need great writers, Activision games prioritize it. Even the StarCraft series under Blizzard, but owned by Activision, the story element went way down from the original series than it used to be. That used to be what made StarCraft great. Not that it was a great real-time strategy game, which it was. The game is way better now than it used to be, but the story is far inferior. It's just less stressed. Nintendo and the Sony studios and these studios and indie game developer studios, the good ones, they are stressing story, narrative, and whatever else to get people invested. And God of War did it too. I mean, Guerrilla Games literally didn't hire anyone in-house to write it. They hired John Gonzalez, who did fucking New Vegas Fallout, which we were talking about, you know, to to write the story because they knew they didn't know how to do it. And a lot of studios don't have either the balls or don't care enough to prioritize writing to that level. And that is why the movies that are making the most money right now, Ethan, to tie it all together, are literally about kids running around with laser swords and comic book movies where people are dressed up like spiders and ants and there's magic and people in super suits. Those are the movies making all the money, not Mission Impossible, not, you know, not, not these spy thrillers, not the Bourne movies, not the James Bond movies. It's because of the prioritizing writings, the writing even in these ridiculous film universes. That's why people are seeing the movies. And that's why Zelda and Horizon and Witcher in these games are so much better than what we've seen from companies like Ubisoft. So what's changed? So you think you think things have changed? So how has it changed? So so what? So you 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 kind of you kind of took the nail in the coffin and proved why the games are a higher okay. tier up. To in in essence, those three games, and and to a certain extent Skyrim. But I know you hate Skyrim. And I'm, I don't hate Skyrim. I'm angry that I had so many bugs. I was unplayable. That's the only thing. Okay. By the way. If I were to ever, for some reason, get offered a great PC gaming rig and was able to get the newest version of Skyrim with all the mods and so forth, hypothetically speaking, I might play Skyrim on a PC with all the mods and updates. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I, I understand what you're trying to say. Um, but uh, let's, 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 I want to add two more titles here. I want to add Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3. What all of these games represent and have in them is a world that you as a player live through that you can see regardless of what area you're in is a world for all intents and purposes. What Assassin's Creed Origins is finally doing, what Division is finally doing, what... um, uh, how did I just how did I, Far Cry Five is finally doing is starting to live through a world that they are creating with their open world. It's Assassin's Creed is a quote unquote open world game. It is, but it doesn't do a very good job of selling you the world. Yes, you have an environment and you have a pretty environment and you have a pretty world, but that doesn't do much for the stories you're living through. All right. I'm with you. I'm following. Keep going. Zelda, Zelda, you can go visit the different villages in the game. And each one is a different environment, has different people, has different rules to a certain extent by some of the villages live. But it doesn't do a very good job of selling 
that like how the villages are independent from each other necessarily that if they're all they're all outlets for you to buy new clothes or whatever whereas the other games all do their own little thing with how villages interact and that is what what that does is create a difference between the games that's that tells you what the world is like and how it's special far cry 5 starts to do that Assassin's Creed starts to do that. Division doesn't really have that, but it's more of a part of its narrative. But these games are finally starting to do that. Versus whereas these games have already done that. You've not mentioned, I believe in it's an Ubisoft game that proves that they're changing and maybe more dramatic than anything you've mentioned. Which is Tom Clancy. Fucking Siege. Siege. That's Ubisoft. Division and division, division. Yeah, but plenty. Siege is the one that everyone's coming back to. It seems like and is praising these days. Oh yeah, but we were all. We no, were no, all I know, but I'm saying I, I. This is my fault for forgetting that this is an Ubisoft game. I think it's an Ubisoft game. Is what I'm asking you. I can't remember. Okay, yes, it yeah. is. So, so, and, and so, so, if we want to talk about yeah, Siege please. for a second, like, so, so, you see it with the BR craze, with the battle royale mm-hmm. craze, and how Fortnite's taken off, and how PUBG, well, PUBG took off, and then. Fortnite took off and how Fortnite's doing. Um, you see it as the arena shooter, the standard the standard COD shooter that you and I from Modern Warfare 2 know is is not is not new. It's not interesting anymore. It's not special. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not fun to play, fun to engage yeah. in the way we have for years for the modern gamer. It's it's not new. It's not new, it's not interesting. There's nothing there's no flair to it. Alright? What Siege does is it takes an already existing arena shooter, CSGO, and it adds 90 new things to it and says, hey, play our game. You can be good at this and have fun while playing this. Fortnite takes uh, an already existing game mode, a battle royale, and on the top of it, a building mode where cover is no longer a situation of... there is no longer a need for cover. The world is now it, the world is now to your bending because you can create cover and buildings anytime you want. And so what you're seeing is people wanting to go to these new and interesting modes because they are more fun to play. They are more competitive than what people have been playing for a while. Because CSGO, what, 20-something years? Call of Duty? We're coming yeah. up on 20-something I mean, years. How many... I, I asked you this, I think, uh, one or two podcasts ago. Roughly how many hours do you think you've put in to uh, Zelda? And I'm going to give my answer on this a bit with Horizon in a second. I have about 450. Is this a single game hours. or multiple playthroughs? This is, a, this is multiple playthroughs, but I would consider it all the same playthrough because it's kind of just differentiating between the hard and normal is it like a new game plus mode i would say it's like new game plus but you don't carry any of the stuff with you it's just oh i know i have all the knowledge of the world i just get to go explore. i'm gonna give you a hell yeah obviously it's a different game we have different systems we have different tastes but it's a similar thing so i didn't even know what new game plus mode was before i got horizon zero done and okay let's put it this way i told you i completed uncharted 4 recently by the i love naughty dog 
But what was my criticism about The Last of Us, I think a lot of people share, was janky combat mechanics. And Mm -hmm. I have the remastered version on PS4 at 60 frames per second. They fixed the shit out of that. (laughs) And so the new one is going to be like it. They realized that even if they were telling the truth that it was on purpose because it was simulating reality or whatever, even if that's true, it was unplayable at times. Um, and so right. they realized that, that you just have to suspend disbelief during the combat stuff and, and do w- cool stuff. Otherwise, I will say Uncharted 4, which had people had saying game of the year, blah, 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 was by far the worst of the four main Uncharted games. It was too long. It was too much story exposition. It was too much pulling at your heartstrings in obvious ways. You never thought he was going to really die. And they had very transparent ways of trying to make you think that he was going to die. They introduced a brother who was voiced by Troy Baker from Last of Us. who's a great actor, but it was not a necessary character, the brother. It was best when he was with the original crew, with his, his lady, Elena, and with, with Sully. And I'm playing Lost Legacy now, which is considered basically like, uh, you know, glorified DLC or something and it's way better because you're playing Chloe Fraser's biggest female badass and Nadine who was introduced in Uncharted 4 and immediately you're doing you saw as we talked about off mic man you saw the beginning part when they were in India in the, the urban scene and it just gets more exciting and fun from there it was really fun to just jump into the action um, so you know whatever that's you know I'm by the way if, if you're if, if, if you already if you already feel a little disappointed about that um, I, it'll, it'll be good for you to know that, uh, a charter four got RPG of the year over doom. I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. So, cause I don't, I'm, I, I look, I played doom when it first came out, old man, Bizzle, I played Wolfenstein when it first came out. It was great back then, but I, you know, Uncharted. I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm telling you next time you're over, we got to play on that TV with a controller and that heavy metal. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I'm finally going to get Wolfenstein New Order, and I'm, I'm going to play all these games. But, you know, I, the Uncharted games are just brilliantly written. My point was, at sure. 18 hours, it felt incredibly long. I mean, it felt like it was more okay. than I was paying for. I wanted it to be well under 18 hours. It wasn't like... It felt like Godfather time. <laughs> too many cutscenes, man. And we t- and I want to get... We'll, we'll, we'll end up bringing in uh we are going to end on e3 guys and like what's coming up but we'll you know maybe we'll bring back god of war but the fact that the, you know they're now able to transition smoothly between playing cutscenes and they realize that the best and a lot of times funniest and most fun talk between characters is happening while you're running around doing stuff and not just watching cutscenes or whatever um and so but what i'm saying is i that, so that's me the business 18 i'm complaining about 18 hours I played Horizon 120 hours, okay? And I did not, honestly, man, I'm not making this up. I, I spent very few of those hours running around just for hours killing stuff. Like, that almost never happened. Now, I know the average playthrough of Horizon, uh, not including the DLC, is between 30 and 40 hours. So maybe inclu- So maybe I played twice the average playthrough if you include the DLC, 
you know, but I still felt like I was doing stuff, even though I know games like Witcher and Zelda technically have more stuff to do. The fact that I got 120 hours out of that game, but never felt like it was getting repetitive, like that's amazing for someone like me who's not as hardcore of a gamer than you. You to do 450 on Zelda is obviously amazing. So let me ask you, man. So where does Destiny fit in this picture as a semi, maybe fully open world, depending how you want to define it, online based? I mean, do you even compare it to the games we've been talking about? Is it a totally different thing? Are, are there similarities? Destiny is a looter shooter. It, it is. It is. As, as much as Activision likes to shy away from it, it calling it like an MMO or something like that, it, it's an MMO looter shooter. That's what it is. Um, it's very unique, but this is... So we were actually just talking about like how how multiplayer people are not are getting bored of the arena shooter all right so there there's always been this slightly niche category of 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 an fps shooter a diablo shooter that's never quite existed well borderlands is borderlands is an example it's the only one i know it's literally the only one i know if you're if you're a looter right but as looter shooter fans will tell you, it's not perfect. And so the first company to create this is going to take over like a ton of like, like that. What's the looter shooter genre is like yeah. uh, set yep. in stone. What's the first? What's the first game like figures it out? Once it's set in stone, it's it's like like that that that's. That, that's the next big that's the next big thing in gaming. Um, Borderlands had a lot of things right. Still not there. Division, after three years of updates and listening to its community, is getting there. Right now, I'd say they are in the lead next to Warframe. Um, Anthem? We don't no, know enough Anthem. about oh, it yet. Uh, hold on. What, well, listen, 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 listen. It's not happening. EA is fucked not happening they said that there are not going to be microtransactions i don't think it's going to happen at all i think the game is going to die what do you mean they said 2019 release that doesn't mean anything i think we're going to get footage okay but the point is is, like no man's sky like some of these games how much time and effort are they investing in this when they should just be looking at fucking god of war horizon zelda and these other games that's all i'm saying like why all the wasted money and effort They've been, de- they've been developing this since okay. uh, like a year after Mass Effect 3. Or no, a- after after Inquisition. They've been developing let's, this let's, since Inquisition. Let's, let's go back in our video game history, but not too far. Early 2000s. Oh, no, let's say by mid-2000s. All right. Let's say the, P- the Xbox and PS2, leaning Xbox 360, PS3. The main, most popular, like, just general science fiction shooter kind of thing of some sort mass effect and halo okay so if you can create the mass effect and halo universes forget the games just the world building even kill zone if you can create those types of stories and universes why can't the people behind destiny and anthem and no man's sky and stuff do something similar it makes no sense they made movies out of halo there's hundreds of comic books and books about halo there's 
I mean, there's not book. There's not major books in comic books. But, well, maybe there is actually about Destiny. Good, it's possible. Okay, so well, they're, they're finally getting them out. Um, Destiny's problem was they that the developer took data. They they they, they took data that they thought was good and what the community wanted, and took like like was actually the wrong direction of what the community wanted. That's the first thing they fucked up their development. Not only did they fuck up their development for what they were developing, but there's rumors that they rebooted Destiny's one development midway through because a story writer quit and some other things. And then there's rumors that Destiny 2's development um, uh, rebooted midway through because of a CEO change. Now, those aren't excuses. Those are just the facts. (laughs) Um... What happened with Mass Effect? I can't speak to that. No, I'm not. I'm not asking what happened to Mass Effect. I'm saying if yeah. But but that but that but that but that but that that's that 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 that's that's a situation in which that's how you fuck up a game really. What was the what's considered the worst Assassin's Creed game in your in your opinion? Here's the funny thing is, uh, in my opinion, uh, oh, I've only ever played that, that you've one, heard but, of. Um, the ones I hear about the worst of are three and okay. syndicate. And what defines syndicate? What defines syndicate was but, multiplayer play. And what did they do immediately after syndicate? No, that, is that, take out multiplayer. You're, 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 you're thinking of you're thinking of um, brotherhood. You're thinking of you're, you're thinking you're thinking of the one that's co-op. I'm talking about fine everything in the Mass Effect three. Uh, I'm sorry, the Assassin's Creed three series or whatever was increasing multiplayer focus, and then they took it out completely you cannot this is the point i guess i'm getting to is you can do looter shooters you can do mmos great i'm behind it battle royale awesome go to town but if you're going to make an immersive single player open world experience it has to be single player only and fuck the multiplayer even with mass effect 3 you can tell that resources have been taken away from the single player towards multiplayer and it showed in the game and that's ultimately what people are pissed about that's my only point about this i'm ha- I, I, my, right. my only point well, about destiny by the way i'm just saying like can't they hire someone who wrote the original halo and mass effect games someone like john gonzalez from oh, you know destiny Destiny's story is incredible. There's so much good stuff there. It's just not portrayed well. There's not enough time to throw it all into the game. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not saying it's a bad universe. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying hire writers and make writing more a priority. Well, well no, they, they have them. That, that's not the problem. The problem is there's no feasible way to put it in-game. What they need to do is create a codex tab like every good RPG game has and throw it in-game and you can just look, read the codex pages. But they don't do that. Um, you, you, you know what I do. Is, right? I do. So let's get back to the main point here, which is I want you to openly praise Sony right, for how well they're doing right now. I want to hear it come out of your mouth because you know they're kicking ass. I'm not just, I will praise the three developers who created excellent games. I will thank Sony for putting their development money into it. I'm just it. messing I'm with you. Praise I'm, just, Sony. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Oh, the 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 the, the non-jokey question I did want to ask was about why 
when you look at two Japanese companies, Sony feels like an American company. And this has been the case since I've been a kid. I've been buying Sony headphones and other audio products. And honestly, no matter what the price level of Sony things I've bought, including headphones of all types, I've never been, almost never been disappointed by Sony products since I was a kid. So this is like growing up in the 80s and 90s. But they've always felt like an American company that we knew was based in Japan, whereas Nintendo feels 1,000%, for better and worse, like a Japanese company. And we know, we know there's conflict between what's-his-face and Nintendo America and Nintendo Japan. That We know that there's there's controversy because streamers what do you mean they love each other streamers it's not that they don't, they don't like each other but streamers and in and in game people who cover games are so afraid of showing or you know listening to like two seconds of anything from nintendo for fear of getting their entire life destroyed by them because the japanese just have a different approach to these things than in america and I think that's the fact that Nintendo is never making enough product and is always cracking down on streamers. It adds to their mystique. There's no question. It's like the hot girl that plays hard to get. Nintendo is completely the hot girl playing hard to get. But you know what? Sometimes the hot girl never gets the guy because she's playing too hard to get. And I think Nintendo, it wouldn't hurt them to open up a little bit and actually give people what they want. People want to give Nintendo their money. Maybe you can explain to me why Sony is happy to take everyone's money and Nintendo only wants to take our money sometimes. Uh, in, in, in what situation and the fact that they could literally make billions of nostalgia dollars? They didn't make enough of the NES uh, things. They didn't make enough of the Super NES things. The Switch, it was impossible to get. There were more copies sold. There were Sorry, there were more copies sold of Breath of the Wild than the Nintendo Switch itself for a while in the beginning because people could get the game and they could not get the system. That is ridiculous. Because Nintendo plays safe. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't make more than they will not sell. I mean, if you don't want to make all the money you can make, I'm fine with that as a socialist, but it just doesn't make sense. Okay, that is why. Now they finally started remaking their NES and SNES classics again, but what I can tell you is that is why, is that they like to play safe, mostly because they saw what happened to Sega a while back and it's just kind of been a company policy i think like like it's it, it's more of a it's more of a the saw the the, the formula is not broken so let's not fix it okay all right so here's what we're gonna do i have a very brief comment to wrap up god of war which we never ended up talking about it much which again because neither of us are interested in the property so it was that was more a launching point into all this other great conversation we've had um that's uh yeah i'm just always pushing for us to you know reach deeper you know like i don't know like we're, we're so theorizing on a lot of this stuff obviously guys out there who are listening so we're just trying to have good conversations and then uh i want to hear a little about nintendo and then we can you will lead nintendo into e3 or maybe it'll start with nintendo at e3 or something like that so wait hold on wait, hold on let me just wrap up that real quick and i'm gonna throw the rest of that yeah, to you which is I've seen about five or six hours of Cox and the completionist playing God of War and it looks great and sounds great, but I, I wouldn't put the word transcendent next to it. It for what I've seen compared to Zelda zero dawn, even the two hours or so I've seen of near of what I've seen of persona of what I've played and seen of Witcher. I don't feel like God of War is on that level. I, again, guys, I'm not playing it, but I am watching 
gamers who I, I respect or at least enjoy. And I, I, you know, I'm watching it closely in terms of the mechanics and I, it's still just a action game. That's a little bit more open world and dynamic than it was before would be my thoughts on that. So, 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 so just, just personally, and I can, I can help clarify your situation a little bit here. So, Here's here's how here's the best way for that I look at it when I when I'm thinking about either buying a video game or comparing a video game or sure. whatnot. I hate the one to ten system, so I use the one to five system because it's much more efficient. I get down with that. Um, so three, so so it's a, it's easier to start with three because you can ignore one and two, um, and, until until you're dealing with a game that does not deserve a four. Then you yeah. look at three, two, and one, three is it's a video game. I found enjoyment in this video game. I would... I, I'm interested. I'll play it through to the end. All right? I'm fun. I'm fun. Well, it, is, 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 am I, I going to remember this video game for all time? Probably not, but I enjoyed my time in this game. All right? A four is what I would define as a perfect video game. It's a video game that I enjoy wait, wait, thoroughly. Wait, a four is a perfect video game? You could uh, quotes quotes. Oh, oh you mean perfect? You mean perfect? Like you, you, flawless? Like there's not a lot of flaws, kind of thing. You you you, you need to wait till the end. You need to wait till the end. All right. I just wanted to make sure I heard you right because I thought you said you were doing a one to five. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you you heard me right. You heard me right. It, quote. Let, let's do it. Quote. Open quote. Perfect video okay. game. My End bad. quote. My bad. All right. Perfect. It, what that means to me is that this game stood out to me. I loved it. I would, I, I like, like whatever portion of this game stood out to me. I don't know what it is, but it stands out to me. I love enjoying it. I, I'm enjoying it. I'll play this game again happily, and I will remember it. A five out of five is a masterpiece. Here is where it is. Hold on one second. By the way, Bizzlecast listeners, if you, um, well, I'll wait for Ethan for a second. So I might cut out a bunch earlier in the podcast. So if you're with me this far and uh, you notice a sound difference and that I didn't sound like myself at the beginning, it was because I, I think the cord came loose on my mic and it was recording from my computer, which is fine because it's a MacBook Pro and they know what the fuck they're doing at Apple when it comes to audio video. So it'll still sound fine if a little distant, but if that's why it sounded a little distant earlier on and now I'm back to my normal self, I just need to get a new cable for my mic. So um, it sounds like Ethan is back. All right, I'm back. Yep. Yeah. Just had to deal so with uh, yeah, right. continue with that thought. That was a good... So, so a five out of five is a masterpiece. Here's where, here's why a masterpiece is different from a perfect video game. A perfect video game is, in essence, a video game that is a, a piece of entertainment. I thoroughly enjoy it. All right, a masterpiece differs from that because it is perfect in almost every regard. Nothing is perfect. So when I say five out of five. Like a hundred percent, that doesn't mean actually a hundred percent. Not nothing is perfect, so you can't. It's 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 as perfect as it can be. All right. I know a couple. I, I know a couple women who I might call perfect, but it, right, that's well, so biased. Listen, it's, that's okay. so sub- subjective and biased that that I could never prove that point. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is one of them Aloy? Or men. No, I'm not into cartoon characters, man. I, I know people who are. I talked about that in a recent podcast. No, Felicity right. Jones, a.k.a. Jen so would be a 10 out of 10 for me. All right. Um, that was, I, was a, I was just... I know, my I point know. is that if there's something perfection, the beauty of whatever you guys out there think is beautiful in the human form, man, woman, or other, that's, that, that's as close as it gets. But even that, there's always going to be flaws. I like your system, man. I'm going to let you keep going. But this seems like an argument against doing one out of five. It's almost like you're doing an 11 out of 10 or something like that. Well, no. What, 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 what I'm just trying to state is, is that, as a disclaimer, a five out of five is yes in mathematics perfect but this is not mathematics this is because nothing in its essence is perfect as mathematics because it's not it's a video game so a five out of five it transcends it transcends a four out of five because it is in essence almost is, is as flawless as it can be whatever means to that gaming experience whether it specifically speaks to you it is it, 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 it changed your life in some way or it, it you would you would play that game to the end of the year okay so give them to me give me your fives give me your fives i will post i'm literally going to post this on my blog which i've been activating recently i want your fives because your fives, fives are like an 11 out of 10 so i want to know what okay. your fives are okay so this is actually funny because and this is just a quick shout out yeah. not sponsored if you hear me typing it's because i'm literally typing these right now okay so this is just a quick sponsor wallpaper engine it's a app on steam that acts as a game called it, it's four bucks it literally gives you animated wallpapers that run seamlessly in the background it takes up no cpu space i actually have all of my favorite influential games in anime as my backgrounds and they cycle through here so, my my five out of fives are. All right, so let, 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 let me just list them off here. Yep. Pokemon Sapphire. Okay, Pokemon. that's that's my number one. Why that Pokemon? My first real game, like me, I owned it. Mine as a kid, mine, and I play that game. I've played that. I've played so many runs. That, like for anybody who's played Pokemon knows, you don't save multiple files. You have one save file. I have restarted that save over and over and over and over and over and over. And I've probably, like, I can tell you right now, I've probably only played like 40 hours of that game. Like, as a kid. The other great Nintendo uh, Japanese tradition of self-punishment with video games. <laughs> but it feels, it feels like 10,000. Mm. By the way, can I just say something real quick? I'm sorry, this is sort of from the previous conversation, sort of related. <clears throat> So when um, uh, the when the original Santa Monica Studios was originally trying to come up with the original God of War game in what two thousand five or something was it two thousand six on the PS two, it it was because as action game developers they were constantly being insulted by the Japanese that Americans could never do a good action game and only the Japanese could do good action games and good fighting games and stuff. Interesting. So that was their original charter and they've, you know, they, they, they definitely, I, cause I heard an interview leading up to this God of War release and they talked about how they weren't insulted like on a personal level, but they took that as like a challenge and uh -huh. the, the new God of War game, I think, shows that they can do combat games that are at least as good as Dynasty Warriors and stuff like that, right? Yeah. If, if not yeah. better. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, anyways. Okay, Pokemon Sapphire. What else? I don't, I don't, I don't like Pokemon, so let's move on. Don't, what don't, else you got? Don't, don't worry about that. You don't have to agree with these. Mm. Oh, no, it's not a matter of agreement. It's just ones I can relate yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. Um, trying to think, uh, what did I have next? I mean, it can be a mobile game. Portal. It can be anything, literally. Portal. Portal. No, no mobile, yes. no mobile game has ever spoken to me. Portal. Portal. Why don't more people do stuff like this? It's Portal so cool. is my Portal is my first Steam game that I bought with my money. Oh, dude, that's what we have to stream. Why aren't we streaming Portal? That's exactly. I suggested this. I yeah, said, you... let's do co-op. I'm an idiot. Let's do co-op. Oh, we got to do co-op Portal. Okay, keep going. Yes. This is gonna sound weird, so I'm gonna have to explain this one a little bit. Okay. Call of Duty Zombies. No, I understand. Call, I get it. Call of Duty Zombies is important it. to me because it's the first horde mode that I've experienced on top of the 2010 zombie craze. They admit that that saved this, the franchise, by the way. I heard an interview with them like from a year ago. They admit that zombies saved the franchise. It is such an incredible story on top of a difficult game mode as is. It's a frightening mode because you have to fend off zombies in a sense that like you get hit twice it's over it's done and then you gotta it, it's endless it's endless it's a horror mode it's for highest points to compete with your friends or what but whatever but like it was so crucial to me and it still is and i only buy black ops to this day for zombies um next on the list um let's see if i can get it up no okay um, I'm trying to think of ones that are not from recent, but I have some recent ones. Um, Civilization. Civilization is huge for me because of just all the RTS has done for me. I easily have a, over a thousand hours in Civilization. It's not an RTS, it's turn-based, but I know what you mean. Uh, RT, RTS stands for real-time strategy. Right. So, yeah. Just, just, just over... Well, actually, it is for multiplayer. Which, by the way, a topic I want to save for another time... Even though after really quickly, even though I played eighty hours of Stellaris and have needed to take a break, I'm gonna get back into it with the new expansions. But I don't understand why board games don't do the hybrid thing, where you can do it as a turn based or a real time or a combination of the both. But I'm very interested here about Civilization, man. I have to admit, when I was a kid, it was a game that not it wasn't that I was ashamed to tell other teenagers I was playing. I could never explain it to them because they weren't playing computer games at all. And Civilization, I definitely couldn't explain. I did not think it would hold the test of time the way it has. It makes me really happy that Civ is still a thing. Civ, especially early Civs, Civ 1 through 4. Not, not even, no, 4 is a little easier. Civ 1 2 is amazing. Civ 1 through 3 are complicated as hell. Hell. Yeah, they've simplified it because because you have to because you have to fight the AI, not fight, not fight the rules. Yeah, um, in the UI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's after Civ? Um, but so Civ Civ is sort of your entry point, but then still favorite tragedy well, Civ, game. Civ, Civ, Civ is influential for multiple reasons because it's why I got into Magic, Magic the Gathering. And why I like really? other complicated oh, games wow. like, and That's other so complicated cool. strategy systems like huh. turn based strategy and um, uh, 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 like 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 why I enjoy Dungeons and Dragons even though I don't play it very very often. I play yeah. it rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I think you know what I've never thought of this, but I think there's a connection between liking open world game RPGs and liking strategy games because it's about collection and organization and management and upkeep and like you have to enjoy. Yeah, it's about looking at the world and looking at what you could do with it. And once from once control and once from a explore perspective. Right, but it's also like it's also not. Yes. Yes, but but you also you have to not just be okay with but like things like inventory management, right? And you know, like upkeep of various things and monitoring stats and you know all the statistics and it just I, I think it just hits the same parts of the brain for people as opposed to to action games or shooters or, or whatever, which are different parts of of the brain maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. Just something I've noticed of people who like games like Civ and also like RPGs and you know and stuff like that. Um, I guess that's what I grew up on. So I think that's cool. Well, yeah. What about RPGs, Ben? I know you have some more games on the list. It can be any range uh, on the spectrum. I'm 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 no I'm forgetting. Okay, so Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas is not only an introduction to the Fallout series for me. It is the one true Fallout. It's the one true. Mad Max style game to me. So why do only the the most hardcore gamers understand this point? Because otherwise, I don't hear. Mostly people bitch about three and four or four. They don't mention they like New Vegas. They just bitch about the other ones. I actually have more people who like three bitch about New Vegas than I have people bitch about. But anyway, but New Vegas is in a desert. It's. It's about a, it's about a world in a fight over the Hoover Dam and the power it has to to continue society. Fallout Three is about you leaving your privileged home. <laughs> Fallout Four is 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 a vengeance story, but Fallout New Vegas is a Mad Maxian story. Just in a slightly different storytelling perspective, but it, it's it, it is a Mad Max world. It's a Mad Max sandbox, and you are in the middle as your own centrifugal power to control the events of, in its essence, who lives and dies in this Mad Maxian world between three different factions. Effectively, can I bring in a shameless Horizon connection? Sure. John Gonzalez, the writer of both those two games, Fallout New Vegas. That's how he got the job. Very specifically, his work on New Vegas got him the job for Horizon. He actually has nothing but praise for the New Vegas experience. I've listened to many hours of interviews with him, both before leading up to and after incensed release of the game. So I've listened to a lot of interviews with John Gonzalez. He has nothing but praise. He has nothing negative to say about Electronic Arts whatsoever. I'm sorry, Bethesda whatsoever. And has said he had a great experience. But he did say that the way he was treated in terms of benefits, payment, and just overall treatment in the Netherlands working for Gorilla was better than any American job he ever had before. 
Um, he said they worked shorter hours but got more work done. They gave him everything he wanted. If he wanted to completely overhaul or change something, and this goes back to what you were talking about earlier about time for development, they kept allowing them to push back Horizon. It wasn't just the graphics. It was the story kept developing, and the voice performance from Ashley Birch kept developing, and they just gave him everything he wanted. And so I guess this is the point I really want to push home with this podcast, which I think we're in general agreement of, which is we need to create, whether it's independent studios, mid-level or high-level, we need to create a situation where these studios feel that they have the time and resources to get forward and get out the product that they want. And when we see flaws in games, even games we like, we need to blame the parent company for not allowing the studios to realize things fully. But I don't understand why Fallout New Vegas, going back to John Gonzalez and the Horizon Connection isn't more popular and just something I hear about as much. Again, like I said, it's never dissed ever, but it's also usually just people complaining about Fallout 4 and it's kind of split about 3. 3 was more popular, that's why. Um, 3 just was more popular. Um, but was Fallout New Vegas the like lo- uncharted lost legacy? Is that why? It's just considered like a DLC or something? Kind and so- of. Fallout New Vegas... Or what was that Far Cry game? Primal? I can't honestly, uh, well, Primal was bad, but um, Primal was actually bad. Um, but why did they call it New Vegas, and why wasn't that Fallout 4? So, uh, what, what's, different, what's, diff- what's different about New Vegas is that New Vegas is a less complete 4. It's just the environment is infinitely better than 3 and 4 Fallout. Fallout 34. The environment is what makes the world the world so much better, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions. But let's, let's not get too off track here. I think. I no, know. no. I I'm just trying to establish why you seem to have the correct opinion that New Vegas is the best of the new game. It's like the Rogue One thing. Like to me, Rogue One is clearly the best Star Wars movie. But I think if you pulled all Star Wars fans who like the new movies, Rogue One would only get like twenty to twenty five percent of the vote. Of I think of most people. Um, I only have I only have one. Uh, the guy who did the Rogue One commentary with Simi Klima, who's an old camp buddy of mine. We agree that it's the best. Most of the people I have on, whether they're Star Wars fans or not, do not think it's the best. That's how I, it's Fallout New Vegas has that kind of feel to me. Like you know, like it just seems like the most interesting and deep and flawless of them. And I don't get why it doesn't get more talked about. That was all I was trying to establish. I I don't know why to be honest with you. I think there were all three of them are because you do agree games. with me, right? That it's not talked about enough for the because the people who love it extol its qualities I constantly. Think, I, I I think what you have, to, I think what happens is that three got so popular and so good, and okay. Vegas was different enough that people just didn't like it. Is that people had a preconception in their mind? I was like, okay, New Vegas is going to be infinitely better than three because three was already so good, and it people just didn't like it enough. That's probably what happens. And so, so, so that actually happens with a lot of games. But Yeah, um, and, but I also think New Vegas... Well, again, that, that, that's why. That's a perfect example. So yeah. Mass Effect and Mass Effect Oh, yeah, two, go. go. Perfect example. You see how so many people are just like, don't play one, just play two, because two is just so good. It was, a lot it of people, was different systems, too, is the main problem. Yeah. Well, right, but, but, but if you told me which... If I was to pick one Mass Effect game and only play one of them, which one would you tell me to play? Two, because that's how I did. Precisely. I, yeah, 
I had a P- I had a PS3. I wasn't gonna go play Mass Effect on an Xbox. I can't, that's the thing. I had a PS2. I would have bought it for the PS2, but I couldn't because it was only on Xbox. So I wasn't gonna get an Xbox to play Mass Effect One. Fuck that. That that, that that's the point. Is okay. if you told me to play one Fallout game, mm-hmm. someone else. If I was if I was a first timer, people back then would tell you three. Fallout they 2 tell you the New original Vegas. strategy game on the PC I think the is what other, you should I think play. the other thing is that New Vegas is not as big as 3. That's the other thing. Well, the other thing is me, uh, my old man Brenner thing with Veg- with Fallout is that it's not the same series. It's like comparing the new Tomb Raiders to the old Tomb Raider. It's a completely different character, completely different series. Nothing to do with one each other other than the name. The strategy games from the 90s are completely unrelated other than the vaguely post-apocalyptic theme of the new games. But... People I know who know these things are the ones who love New Vegas and say it's closest in feel by far to the original property, which I respect. Right. The Fall of New Vegas feels like an apocalypse. I mean, John Gonzalez is slightly older than me and grew up playing those games. That is why he wrote it the way he did. But that's too subtle for some people who just want to go around shooting and looting, you know? So, look, let's lead into the E3 conversation. Sure. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Let me just finish this up. Let me just finish up. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just let them off real quick. Oh, yeah, sure. I was, I was actually going to say that we would post the rest if you want to leave some as, I'll, I'll as, just, I'll just, as I'll spoilers. Just okay. Zelda for Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. Obvious reasons. Which one's higher? Breath of the Wild. Not even close. Good man. <laughs> I, think, I, 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 I think Ocarina of Time will always have nostalgia value because it is introduction and it is... Honestly, Ocarina of Time is a good game. It's very flawed, but it's a very good game. Can I be honest with you? Well, whatever. I, I, am, I am about 10 to 12 hours into Link Between Worlds, which I realize is a tribute, you know, probably lesser, <laughs> more modern tribute to, to Link, to Link to the Past, which some people say is the greatest video game ever created, um, but or at least the best Zelda game ever created. And... Even Unfortunately, though it, there's more operated people than there are linked to the past people. But definitely. Yeah, but I will say, I, I, I'm having a much better and more fun experience playing this mm-hmm. than Ocarina. Now, if I played Ocarina on the GameCube or whatever it was, um, I could play it on a full screen with a full controller. Sure. Then maybe it would be different. But, you know, like, I feel like what they realized with, with um, Breath of the Wild was like, Link is actually best in 2D unless we go full open world, which is what they did, and which was brilliant. I think the 3D not fully open world of Ocarina of Time, to me, hasn't aged as well as other games, personally. Um, You can say that again. Yeah, so that's, I, I, again, I played more Ocarina than Breath of the Wild, but having experienced a good amount of both and talked to people both, I think I w- Breath should be ahead, I think. But for nostalgia's sake, I think we should probably throw a Link to the Past in there. Just honorable mm-hmm. mention. So, um, Well, I, I, to be honest with you, I never played it. Play. Yeah, because it's my favorite Nintendo property. Even though I bitch about the games and don't like a lot of them and haven't played a lot of them, Zelda's still my favorite of the classic properties. Right. So, Right. Um, rounding it out here. Yeah. I got my, my recent picks for this past year. Hmm. 
This is gonna seem. Don't weird. say persona. Don't say persona. It, it's persona. Oh no! Why do you hate this? No, no. The, re- the only reason I asked was because I was on the PS Store during our break, and they have it on sale for like twenty eight bucks. And I was gonna don't ask. Buy it. Don't buy it. I'm gonna borrow it. Gonna right. Borrow it. Yeah, well, oh, that's oh good. Because I was gonna ask you if I should buy it. I was worried you were gonna tell me to buy it, and I was gonna no. buy it and be like, "Fuck! No. I just paid twenty eight dollars." No, I'm, le- I'm lending. I'm lending you Bloodborne and Persona. Remember. I look. I think the the, the, the to be back, to be back to serious. Th- by the way, thank you. Back to serious conversation. Uh, but not joking around. The, the argument is four golden and five are both brilliant. I think the debate is just whether who was better is what I you know, which is like five, five undoubtedly. But okay. I'm I'm actually considering buying four. I'm buying a PS Vita just to play four golden on the go. But, but I'm saying the fact that they could put out two games back to back in the last couple of years that have this much acclaim is extremely impressive, especially mm-hmm. because I but also has always been a cult class, especially because guys, I mean, listen, there is an entire segment of the co-optional podcast. That's just called Dodgers anime bullshit because Dodger loves anime and loves anime games and total biscuit hates it. And they used to like legit fight over it on the podcast, and then they just made a joke about it that she, because Dodger started getting them Crunchyroll promotions and stuff like that, and Crunchyroll wanted to invest in the Co-optional podcast because Dodger was bringing so many people to anime and Crunchyroll. So Total Biscuit had to kind of give in on the point, and so they had a whole section called Dodger's Anime Bullshit. That being said. Biscuit loves the Persona 4 and 5 games and talks about them all the time, even though he openly hates anime. So that is a massive achievement because I'm someone who is on the border about anime. it, It gets annoying with games like Fire Emblem, where I just don't need anime and Fire Emblem. But Persona, that's what it's all about. And it's so stylized and it's so beautiful that it has done great. Finally, I think with Persona 5 among even non anime or Persona fans is very impressive. Yeah. Um, rounding out, this is going to sound weird because yeah. it hasn't aged enough yet. It's only s- almost six months old, but Zeta Play Chronicles 2. Really? Because I thought you said that was petering out a little bit after a while. No. Uh, okay. It's, well, first of all, it's not done yet. It's just, it's just part of the problem. It's not done yet. Until the in like September, we're getting like a, a story, the story of DLC. Um, I think the other thing is, man, with the Switch... If it's an 8 out of 10, let's put it this way. If it's a game that would be an 8 out of 10 on a big screen console and you get that full game on a Switch, it almost bumps it up to a 9 out of 10 immediately, right? It's an, it's, it's an A minus in my book. Yeah. It's an A minus in my book. Yeah. If you give it a score. Like, so, like, here's the thing I don't spend 250 hours on an RPG if I don't like it. I have Nier Automata. Or Nier Automata. I have Nier Automata. I, I didn't. I, I haven't. I haven't touched it since I put in like the initial three. Yeah, hours. I'm not going to play that game. It's too meta for someone like me. I just, it's too much. Uh, what else do I have that's an RPG that I don't really play that much? You you have to play Horizon, man. If you play Horizon on hard mode, well, Horizon Horizon is a perfect example. I don't feel driven to play Horizon. That's fine. I it's the same don't. way. I don't. I don't feel driven to play Zelda, even though I right. love and respect it, but. Right. 
I'm sorry. I just have to say this because me being a fucking airhead who gets distracted and talks too much. I forgot to mention this earlier about New Game Plus. I'm actually going to do a stream of me doing hard mode on New Game Plus on Horizon, which is something I never thought I would do in any game, especially after playing it for 120 hours. So that was Mm -hmm. what I was trying to get to earlier. Yeah, no, you have to be feel-driven to feel the games. I just think ultimately you would get addicted to the combat mechanics of it because it, it once you start really feeling it and the challenge starts ramping up it, it it's it, it's very thrilling combat that's mm-hmm. the only thing yeah mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the explorability of zelda which is why i do really want to play zelda ultimately because i want the explorability so well, what about I, I, Xenoblade? So I mean, you really you're putting Xenoblade with Ocarina of Time, Persona Five, Pokemon. I mean, it, you know, and and, and and this needs to go out saying because I don't need to explain this one. But Destiny, I have put more hours in Destiny than I have any game ever. I have over thirteen hundred hours in Destiny as a franchise. As a franchise, other than Call of Duty, I have written. <laughs> I wrote Call of Zombies by accident. Call of Duty <laughs> Zombies. Uh, other than that, I, Destiny doesn't really fit in with the rest of your picks, which is really interesting. Yes, it does. Oh, oh, oh I forgot to mention Borderlands. I forgot to mention Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 specifically. Borderlands 1's nice, but I started with Borderlands 2, and pre-sequel is pre-sequel. I feel like... I feel like... It, you know, normally I like the video game critics I watch, you know, in different media, but I feel like Borderlands is the series that critics shit on but they all play hundreds of hours of but they feel like it's it's fashionable to shit on it or something i don't really understand people hate people can't get past the art style which i don't get it's a comic book i think it's gorgeous it's a comic book how do yeah. you if, if, what you're saying is you don't like comic but, but i you know i like how batman telltale looks so i'm not the right, right. guy to ask about this i like that that 2d style I don't like how Telltale looks. I don't like any of the other games, but the Batman, I got the Enemy Within one. Uh, I, 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 just the Batman ones, I like, I like the style of it. Because it looks like a comic book. It looks flat in a, in a stylized way. Not nearly as good as Borderlands. I love the look of Borderlands. I think people hate how much loot there is. That's the essence of a looter show. <laughs> right, and that's why people shit on Destiny too. So, yeah. No, no, people shit on Destiny because it's because Bungie can never actually pull out the full potential of this game, but... <laughs> so the question is, do, you know, was the looter shooter ever a genre that was really potentially profitable, or was it always yes, niche? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That, 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 that's what I was getting at earlier, which is, which is, as soon as someone creates the perfect looter shooter game, it's taking over. It, it, it takes over that whole genre, and that genre is popular and profitable like super profitable like it is super profitable because you you know it's super profitable because you saw activision pay bungie a bunch of freaking 10 million dollars or 500 million dollars to make a 10 year franchise of a looter shooter game that's how you know it's profitable you see ea trying to catch up you see the ubisoft answer to to effectively answer to destiny which is the division you see Borderlands 3, which is eventually coming out, but that was already like in the game. All of these games are trying to reach the Diablo of, of, gun-based, sh- of gun-based loot shooters, and none of them can figure it out yet. But the Division is an elite. 
I just I'm getting to the point where I know enough about the industry that there's certain studios I'm going to innately trust and not certain other ones I'm not. Um, my big prediction, based on nothing other than video game trends that I'm aware of, is that Red Dead Redemption is going to be the last Jedi of the series, and that half the fans are going to hate it, half of them will love it, and half of the ones who love it will love it uh, because they're convincing themselves they want to love it, and the other half will truly love it. I think Red Dead Redemption is going to be not uh, not as great as everyone thinks. Quick fun fact. I, I, you're going to love this because you're a movie guy. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto V is the most profitable yep. entertainment media ever. Yep. Video games, movies, music, yeah. whatever. And this is why I think Red Dead's going to fail. Because this is not no, going to be a no, priority no, for them Rockstar. under any circumstances. Oh, no, it's Rockstar. What's that supposed to mean? I've never liked the Grand Theft Auto games. That means nothing to me. If I if I had to pick if I had to pick if I had to pick if I had to buy a video game blind from three from free developers I would pick Rockstar I would pick Platinum and I would pick Naughty Dog. Yeah, I don't know if I can answer that question. Blind, That's interesting. blind. You don't see anything. You don't see the box art cover. You you don't even see the name. You just get you you pay sixty dollars and you're handed a game. I personally, in my, I know this sounds weird because you didn't say it, but I would put Nintendo in there for mine if I had to be blind. You'd have to, you'd have to specify, you have to specify who's making what at that. I mean, point, whatever though. their top priority game is of the time. Let's just say, if I, you say if if you say Miyamoto is on the development team, then I'll put him in there. Yeah, yeah, I it's uh, you know I I think there's so much diversity of opinion in what people like in games, and that's great. Like. I I remember the first time I played a Metal Gear Solid game. It must have been three, maybe two or three. And I played five minutes of it, and I was just like, I will never like this series. Like, I knew immediately upon playing Metal Gear Solid that it was a brilliant design game, and I would never like it. So that's I think it's good, you know? People need to learn to have opinions and respect other people's opinions on this stuff. Which is great. I, looking at your list here, it, it, it's filled out very nicely. I mean, you, you cover a lot of the bases and genres. Yeah, and it I, is I, very I, varied. Yeah, it's, it's varied. Like, actually. I'm trying to think if there's any I'm surprised. I, maybe I was surprised Dark Souls wasn't on there, to be honest with you. Dark Souls is not something I am coherently... Like, like Dark Souls is stands out. I, I give Dark Souls a 4 out of 5. Because it stands out, but wow. not that, and, and I'll re, I'll replay it. But I am I I can't enjoy the game to the fullest. I can't see this. This is why you need to have your own video game channel. I'm not good enough to yeah. enjoy the game to the fullest because I still haven't beaten Dark Souls three, all of its and I I can't beat Dark Souls one, and I'm yeah barely touch Dark Souls two. So like. Right. It's so fashionable to say Dark Souls is the best game ever. This is why you need the channel. Because on your channel, you would say why you gave Fallout New Vegas, Xenoblade, and Borderlands a 5 out of 5 and not Dark Souls. I would love to hear that that program. That's that's an, that's an important reason why New Vegas is, cool, is like super important for me on my list. Fallout New Vegas has two of my favorite DLC ever. In that game, 
And when we say DLC here, we are talking about what should be being produced, which is more an expansion pack or something like that. It's, 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 it's a small campaign expansion that adds items, new enemies, and a new playable space to an open world. Yep. Two of favorite ever. You could argue three. One of them is one of them is really good, but doesn't top everything for me. Yep. And again, again, I hate to keep harping on it, but it is the model. Look, whether you like Horizon or not, or whether you're interested in it or not, it's great for the gaming industry that that game succeeded on so many levels. And Absolutely. I think the fact. They're not lying when they say they were not doing DLC development before the game. I mean, they were playing with ideas, but they weren't really going into DLC development until the game was released and sold three million copies in two weeks. And I think that's how all games should be be designed, is let's make a full, complete game, have people love it so much that they want more, and then we'll give them more. Which is why, Jesse, yep. when I, I, I know when you hear Anthem that you're like, it's EA and I don't want to, I don't want to feel about whoa, it. Whoa, don't put this on me. You hate EA too. Come on, man. Oh yeah, that, I got no problem with EA, but I am not rooting for Anthem to suck. I am not rooting for anything to suck ever. The, if you lose a bill cast, I'm never rooting for something to suck. I just don't trust EA or, or anything related to massive open world multiplayer games like i just don't i don't i don't, I don't trust bioware anymore i'm sure you don't either I, I don't consider them as existing i mean they're 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 not officially dissolved but they're not really a company if anthem is not good yes they will dissolve probably okay. but i mean they also have never put out a game that hasn't been super buggy as well um but let me tell you if it is good sure and it, and, it, and it niches the looter genre, they have just won everything. I, I understand that, but you know, when I'm already looking at, can we get a new Zelda? Can we get a new Horizon? Can we get a new Persona? Can we get a new Witcher? There are already franchises that exist that... All those games are going to take five years to come out. I understand that, but but at least I can trust Last of Us Two coming out next year. You know, I mean, like I can trust these franchises are going to put out good yes. stuff. And that's the beautiful thing about franchises. That's also the beautiful thing about developers taking their time is that everybody gets sure. their slice of pie because everybody's taking their time and coming out at different times. Okay. All right, all right. So if you really want to have this debate, we can have it right now, which is, do you truly think that whoever is developing Anthem somehow has the freedom that the Sony subsidiaries or even the Nintendo subsidiaries have from the meddling of microtransaction grade of electronic arts? Do you really think that? I think everybody has looked at Destiny and looked at the data and what has happened with the game and seen what happens with the player base and says, okay, we need to do these things to make draw players in to make our game popular. Because the only way the looter shooter genre works is if it is popular and people are playing it and people are enjoying it and the community is thriving around it. Case in point, Warframe. You know about Warframe, I'm sure. I, I do because, again, Total Biscuit, but only the hardcore gamers, I think, know about Warframe. Right. Warframe is a beautiful niche community of people who love to play that game. And it thrives because it has a core community that does not put it down. Destiny is the same way. 
Borderlands is the same way. When you build the perfect looter shooter, you gather all of that and you take it away from those those games. That's what I mean when they when when that's what I mean when somebody does it, they win because they have successfully created the social game. They've done it. They've done the next thing. What I'm saying, when I say the next thing, I mean the next Minecraft, the next Fortnite. Not not in the, not in the scale, but in that in that sense. That's what I mean. So when I say that I hope Anthem doesn't suck, that's what I'm rooting for. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably fucking not. But it doesn't mean it's not another shot at it. It doesn't mean Borderlands 3 is not going to take another shot at that. It doesn't mean, I don't know, who fucking knows? The next Assassin's Creed is not going to take another shot at that. That Division 2 is not going to take another shot at that because we know Division 2 is coming out. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to keep saying this, man, um, to, in terms of to our audience, because I've said it in past podcasts, but I just don't personally care about multiplayer, online mass multiplayer games that much for myself. So I, I'm definitely not shitting on it or want it to fail. I, I don't feel like I understand it because it's not a game I'm interested in whatsoever. I think my I think my worry about BioWare, which is a company I used to love but don't like the new Mass Effect or Dragon Age games, is warranted. I think post Battlefront and all the sports games and everything, my suspicion of EA is warranted, and that's all I have to go on. So I admit I'm not fully educated in this. Listen, listen, listen let's make this very clear. There is zero information about Anthem besides Reddit posts from developers. From the like developers at Bioware, right? And look Reddit. what happens with movies. Remember, you see like there's a movie, you see a trailer like six or eight months ahead of time. You're like, that's awesome, and then they don't release any more trailers or anything until the movie comes out, and then it sucks. You know, it's like that's that's how I'm, I'm feeling when I see anything, whether it's a movie or a game. Ready you know? Player One. Well, I was going to use the Tomb Raider movie, actually. The original Tomb Raider trailer that came out like late last year was excellent. It had a lot of promise, and then there was nothing. And then you see the movie, and you're like, they showed all the best things in the trailer, which weren't even that good, and nothing else really great in the movie. Yeah. You know, the, good, the great movies do release that final trailer a couple months before that just blow people's minds and gets them excited for it. So, But that being said, if, if they're doing what you are hoping, which is giving them time... Uh, and that's why we're not seeing stuff, then that would be great. I would be totally on board with that. I just, mm-hmm. I, it, let's see, if my interest in this is neutral, it's slightly pushed towards negative because of the aforementioned suspicion about Bioware and Electronic Arts. That's, that's all I'm saying. Think of, I, I, think, 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 of, think of the shooter MMO, looter shooter. What it's looking for is a co-op game that doesn't end. Think of it that way. Doesn't that sound more interesting than... MMO shooter to you? <laughs> Not really, because like Not I really? said, okay. Just because, like I said, like the 120 hours of Horizon is unprecedented for me. I mean, way back in the day, I would play hundreds of hours of RPGs. Now, you know, again for the multiplayer experience, it just depends what you're looking for. Yeah, if you go a competitive looter shooter, then I am rooting for you in these games to succeed greatly. You know, like I know that you love Destiny, but you also know, or you would want to improve some things with Destiny. You know, if you were sitting in that boardroom, seeing like, how do we improve this game? We'll do this, this, and this. Like you have specific ideas. A lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, for the sake of not having this thing go seven hours, um, I know nothing about upcoming EA, so I'm just going to sort of let the little sh- the short final segment. You'll just be you talking about the upcoming future. It can be through the lens of EA. It can be other things you've heard about. I might have had some other topics. I think we ultimately hit everything at this point, so I'll I'll leave it to you for this final part. I think what you meant to say was E3, not EA. Yeah. Ethereum. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I was I actually typed in <laughs> EA rumors when I was searching for E3 articles today, so I did the exact same thing. Um, yeah. So any any big things we should be looking forward to? We uh, Metroid Prime Four and Pokemon is from Nintendo. Um, anything to do with Elder Scrolls Six? Maybe. <laughs> From Bethesda, Doom 2 is rumors have been flying around. Um, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas remasters from, well, Fallout 3 specifically, from Bethesda. Anything along those lines from Bethesda. I mean, that's always- the thing. For all these new PlayStation titles that they're releasing, they're also killing it with the remasters, which have been mostly mm-hmm. excellent across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, anything they will release on Switch? Anything? Actually, Uncharted 2 and 3 Remastered runs better than Uncharted 4 native because mm-hmm. it's 60 frames mm-hmm. per second. <laughs> yep. Last of Us, Death Stranding, all the other good Sony stuff from Sony Stage. All right, we haven't even mentioned the way that Sony stole mm-hmm. fucking Kojima from Konami. Uh, anything Anthem related from Microsoft? <laughs> Anything. I know. Trusting you, trusting companies like Microsoft and EA, I just shake my head. I'm not trusting anything. I'm saying, let me get a look. I want to see more. I am intrigued by what you were showing me, and I would like to see more before I make a decision. The fact that they have not showed us anything is a problem. Now, maybe that means they're developing, or maybe that means they want to can it and keep it quiet as much as possible. Anything else exclusive from Microsoft, maybe, please? Anything? Halo 6, maybe? Can I ask you a, a totally crazy hypothetical? Yeah. Okay. So, chances five years from now that what one of the two following franchises is more dominant and or existent. Five years from now. The Destiny franchise or the Anthem franchise? We don't know anything about Anthem, so Destiny. So you think there is a future of Destiny? Also, also because micro, uh, Activision is a has a signed contract with Bungie to continue development. So Destiny is not going anywhere. By the way, in retrospect, yeah, I'm sorry to keep shitting on the things that I don't play. I still think in retrospect, Halo was it nearly as deep or cool as people think. It was just an early multiplayer action game, which was very exciting. But ultimately, the Master Chief isn't a particularly interesting character. Jesse, are you telling me that nostalgia doesn't mean <laughs> anything to you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not when it's not good. I mean, BJ Blazkowicz has an age great. I know people love the Wolfenstein games, but not because of BJ Blazkowicz. You I'd know? like to apologize for my friend. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> hey, I told you I love Zelda. Come on. Okay. Um, I love Metroid. I've, I've never played a lot of Metroid, but I've always been fascinated by and interested in the Metroid series. Some, and, then, and, then, and then overall, 
overall from E3, something always comes out of left field. Sure. Always. Always. Always comes out of left. Oh, more Spider-Man. Um, well, I think this can be tracked to E3 2016. This, this, this is all rumors right now. We don't know enough yet, but I think next episode, um, we can look to get a couple more people on to talk maybe with more concrete information. Yeah, E3 is the th- convention that the the insiders bitch about having to go to, but they all go to anyways. Um, it really depends year to year. But I think, you know, my point I've been trying to make and a lot of what we've been talking about can be traced to 2016 E3 when Sony literally dropped uh, back-to-back Horizon, Last of Us 2, and God of War in a single, like, 45-minute presentation, basically. And X- Xbox had nothing, like absolutely nothing. That was when the, the divergence really. I mean, they were Sony was already way outselling Xbox at that point, but it really diverged after then when those games. And there, I think there was probably a couple more. Go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say uh, this is not big on us, but Beyond Good and Evil Two is like the next big thing for Ubisoft. Oh yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that that's a good cinema. That's a, that's a good cinematic single player horror game. Yeah, I'm not into Ubisoft games, but I I feel like their heart is way more in the right place than Electronic Arts is the only way I can say that. I just I feel like they are trying to make good games, and their mistakes are coming from just making you know the wrong choices in some place. EA just seems like a giant horrible greedy corporation to me. I mean, they're literally stealing candy from babies. They're stealing money from little children. They know they're doing it. It's illegal. You haven't even mentioned this, man. They're making it illegal in European countries. They're ruling it as illegal. Mm-hmm. It's going to start happening even in this fucking country. Mm-hmm. No, I believe it. And EA it. is the biggest by far behind all of this. Oh, um, if, and I'm talking about a big if, this is the end up the E3, the wrap up E3. If Microsoft pulls off a Fable reboot, if... Which is a game everyone hates even while they love at the same time. Like, I know anyone who unconditionally likes Fable. It's basically... De- it's, it's, it's Destiny before Xbox One. Um, it's nothing compared to God of War, Horizon, Uncharted. It's nothing. If they pull off a Fable reboot and it is good... That's that's huge for Microsoft. I think Microsoft should just give up and let Sony and Nintendo fight it out. I think they have computers. They're too invested. They have all the computer money. They forever will have the consoles, but Microsoft is leaning very heavily towards a crossplay between Xbox and PC, which is a good move. I don't. People don't know the exact numbers. I've heard it's like eighty million Playstations to thirty million Xboxes or something like that. The 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 the, the console disparity doesn't matter when. And follow me on this. If you do not hear crossplay as many times as we heard four K last year at E three, trust me, crossplay has become the new four K for the gaming. Yeah, and you know what? Old now Xboxes play old Xbox games. Guess how much the disparity has changed since that happened? Not at all. Nobody cares. But but the, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I know. I know what you mean by crossplay. But again, you're coming from the multiplayer side, and, and a lot of users don't care about that, and so it's not going to be an issue. Except but to, the majority do. Not the majority who have bought PlayStations and not Xboxes. Yes, I mean, do. there are yes, more PS4s than Xboxes, Switches, and Wii U's combined. You can look that up on the internet. 
Ethan's looking up on the internet. So I'm going to start wrapping up the show <laughs> because we've been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know I've been pushing on this issue very hard, man, but you know that I'm a huge supporter of single-player games, and so I don't really care about brand loyalty in myself. If Xbox suddenly went on like a three- to five-year run of making all the best single-player expansive games, I would switch to Xbox in a second, even though I think Microsoft is trash. And always have, and always will. That's why I use a Mac, I use a Sony, I use an iPhone. I stay as far away from Microsoft as possible, except for Microsoft Office, which you need to get, and it's actually decent for Mac these days. So that's that's just me. That is just me. There are over 26 million people who care about multiplayer. There's probably about 26 million Switch users as well. So, so I'm thinking... No, there's not. Not that many? No, we're still under 15. All right, so 15 plus 30 to 40 um, of Xboxes plus 17 of Wii U, that's less than the PlayStation. So I'm just pointing out that I think even though you love multiplayer, you also love Persona and Zelda in games like that. You love good single-player games, and so we should be supporting companies like Nintendo and the Sony subsidiaries who are making great single-player games and be suspicious of multiplayer games, which are either free-to-play and they charge the shit out of you, or they charge you $60 and then they charge the shit out of you. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. So what would be your ultimate change... Like what, 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 if say you were creating destiny three, but not actually destiny, but like based on the things you love about destiny, what is the one or two major things for looter shooter action MMOs? Uh, I actually don't like the term looter shooter because I think there's way more going on than that. I, I like an action MMO or a shooter MMO makes more sense to me. Um, so what would be the major change uh, for that game that you love and spend so much time on and defend constantly? And I, I'm actually on board with, with your defense of Destiny because, to me, it seems way more worthwhile than a lot of other games out there, especially multiplayer games. What major changes would you make that are representative of the kind of evolution you'd like to see in the multiplayer uh, realm? To be, for it to be as updatable as Fortnite is. So Fortnite is pumping out updates every week. That is unheard of in the gaming space. Unheard of. Who's ultimately behind Fortnite, by the way, co- corporation-wise? Epic Games. Same company that does that, that owns Unreal Engine. And the same company that uh, had Paragon, which is like their third-person, first-person MOBA, but they scrapped it. Um, but the reason, the reason they... The reason it's so it's so easy to put updates is because it the the extremely flexible engine of Unreal, um, so they pump out updates so quickly for a social game, especially the way Fortnite has become because it's so popular around the world, is incredibly important because if you constantly put out new things, then there's constantly something to talk about. There's constantly something to talk about. There's more social activity happening. There's more people invested in in the space. And so for a game that is heavily dependent upon its community, that looter shooter MMOs, whatever you want to call them are, if you're pumping out more buzz, there's more talk. There's more community happening. That's the biggest thing that Destiny does not have. Destiny has that community. Warframe has that community. Division has that community. They all have these great communities. That's not the problem. The problem is that there's not enough buzz to be pushing these communities to 
bigger growth. Can I read you a quote about Fortnite and Destiny here real quick? Sure. And you can respond to this, and I'll give you final thought. We'll wrap up. So, it's right or this isn't me. Quote, Fortnite feels like a more realized version of Bungie's Destiny, a game that ambitiously tried and never quite succeeded at blending the best of shooter and MMO game design. Like Destiny, Fortnite lets players engage in a shared world, customize characters, and now upgrade those customization options through in-game activities. But unlike Bungie, Epic puts its world-building and other update efforts toward the competitive multiplayer battle royale mode without worrying too much about a traditional story or plot. And because it is free to play, players don't expect anything out Outside the core experience and pay money only for cosmetic vanity items and nothing else thoughts you can't compare them yeah that's how I you feel. can't compare the what one you're, 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 you're comparing you're comparing the white wolf to the to a, a, a yellow lab both are both both are both are beautiful but what's way bigger and meatier definitely better so but this brings me back to the main question though yeah Right. I don't want Fortnite. I'm much more likely to play... Let's put it this way, man. I'm never going to play Fortnite. If Destiny gets better and more affordable for what I'm getting, I will happily jump in on it. So I'm asking you... 12 bucks on PC. (laughs) But I'm saying, from a gameplay perspective, what major... Plot, more worlds, more whatever. Like, what major element would you either expand greatly or add completely new to a a Destiny 3 for you personally to make it even better? That's what I'm saying. The ability to make the world living because if you're constantly updating the world is living so that that that's that's the big thing i mean couldn't they just do a lot of npcs like you see in warcraft and stuff like that like i don't understand they could but the problem with destiny the destiny one's problem was it was miles deep but inches wide and destiny's two problem is that it is miles wide but yep. which is deep that's a, that's a, that's great yeah that's great metaphor not nice so if they can bring the miles deep from destiny one and put it into destiny two they have themselves a game <laughs> an excellent game both games are excellent there's you you're getting 30 hours for 60 bucks there's this is still a good game by all means it's just it's disappointing it's so disappointing that it hides that okay for a lot of people for a lot of people all right. Final question for you, and then we're going to sign off for now. Mm-hmm. This is obviously going to require some guesstimation slash estimation. If you were to look roughly at all your video game hours over the last year, this isn't a leading question. I'm honestly curious because you are someone who truly loves great, long, expansive single-player games and great, long, expansive multiplayer games. I'm honestly curious if you had to add up the hours roughly, do you think you've spent more hours playing games like Zelda and Persona or Destiny and whatever else over the last, let's say, 12 months? Mix. Yeah. You want to know why? Because you're missing two games in there. I know. I know I'm missing games. I was saying as you're missing. You're missing Xenoblade and you're missing League of Legends. Yep. Oh, right. So, right. so, so, yep. so because of that. Yep. You have a mix of three on three or four yep. on two. Yep. Yep. Four on two. Mm-hmm. You you have a mix of four on two. Mm-hmm. So I have a ton of hours. I have four single player games that I've played a ton of hours in, mm-hmm. and you have two multiplayer games or one multiplayer, one co op, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of hours in those. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. <laughs> but you know what I want to point out that I, think I have more. I have more hours total playing single player games than I do Destiny. Right. League, I don't League. know. I'd have to look at the metrics. But I think this this is a great way to wrap up because this ultimately supports both of our points, which is the two games which have occupied ninety five percent of your online time are both designed to be online only not tacked on to call of duty uncharted or mass effect right we don't need single players with multiplayer tacked on where you're taking away resources from the single player make destiny make fucking anthem make league of legends make dota make whatever an online only game that people know what they're getting into fortnite uh, you know, PUBG, right? I, I, I don't. I mean, would you, could you agree with me that in general it would be better to just split these two realms completely? Here's <sighs> obviously Borderlands. Borderlands Two is an exception. Well, well, well here, here's here, here's here's something interesting for Anthem. They said there's going to be no PvP. We we know that, but so here's the thing with Destiny. Destiny is a world. And so there's a lot of lore and a lot of story there. It's just not told through the main campaign. Not very well. All right. It's done enough to tease you. And then you're like, okay, what's this? And then if you want to explore, you could go explore. Sure. But the problem is, is that you have to go with third party. It's not in game. That's Destiny's problem. Well, this, this was a problem with the this was a problem with the Killzone games too. Is that the world uh, they built Killzone around is amazing, and there's comic books and books, and they've released like their storyboards. And like, I didn't even like the games that much, but the story building was amazing. But it didn't come through into the game, and that's the real problem. <laughs> League is only multiplayer. All of its lore is in game, and characters in the game when they're playing the matches often can have like taunting spouts based on their lore. So League is a perfect example. League is fine. Dota, I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Dota. Um, I, I, I think your point is excellent. I, I, I think... I think like, like why, why divide it? Why divide... Why split it? Why not just have a multiplayer team? In a- because, because like I've been saying... Like, like I've spent like 30 hours on this episode of the podcast saying, when someone finds the looter shooter MMO... Does it perfect? They have one, and that means story too, Jesse. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm talking about the actual release of the game. I'm saying release the amazing looter shooter MMO just as a multiplayer experience, or design an amazing single player game. Destiny doesn't have a single player mode because when they do both, they have one. That is the problem. Is that everyone's trying to win and yeah. no one has won yet? I mean, Borderlands technically did both. I wouldn't say it won anything. Multiplayer I mean, was awful in that game. There's no, there's no PvP of any kind. There, there is PvP, but it's bad. I, I don't see that as winning. I see Zelda: Breath of the Wild, God of War, Horizon, these Persona as winning. And that, and, but, 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 Borderlands got Game of the Year for several things, and that's good. And Borderlands is very good. It, it, there's no. It, it's in my five out of fives, but that's not. But that that's not the point. The point is, is that you you're saying you're saying why make why make a game why make it why make a six out of ten and have everything versus make a ten out of ten and have one thing, correct? 
I just think these are very different skill sets and game design should be kept separate. And we have so many games and people own so many games. I don't know why we need to have games that try to be tens out of tens in both single player and multiplayer. It doesn't make sense. Make a 10 out of 10 single player game, sell it for $60 and then make a 10 out of 10 multiplayer game and sell that for $60. It seems everybody wins because, because Fortnite is winning. That's why, but there's no single player. It's a purely multiplayer game. That's what I'm saying. Yes, there is. Not that anybody cares about. There you go. Right? There you go. But, but, Fortnite, Fortnite single player is a, is a co-op uh, campaign. That's a, that's a grindy looter shooter, like similar to Destiny, but it's a horde mode. Okay. okay. All right. So, 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 and, and, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about Fortnite and why Fortnite is like a menace right now because I guarantee you, because there's an Epic Games booth at E3, and guess what they're going to announce? Probably another game mode to their thing, to their platform, which is going to become Fortnite the platform, which is all of these different game modes. I just, I think this ultimately, and this will be the wrap-up here, it comes back to me being a movie person and not a TV person. Because Over. ultimately, TV shows like a great single-player video game is something I can keep coming back to, but also gives me very like strong emotional memories. TV shows pass the time and entertain you, but unless it's Breaking Bad or The Wire or a couple other great shows, it doesn't really stick with you over time. And I think, you know, when you look back 10 years from now to this time period, you're going to remember all the great single player campaigns you played in the stories and the characters. And you will remember playing Destiny in those games, and that's great. But, you know, your specific memories, it won't be the same. I mean, I did play multiplayer growing up, as primitive as it was, but I only remember the general emotion of be like being competitive, and I remember a couple of the matches, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely mm-hmm. remember the, like, great RPG stories or whatever, Ultima, Wing Commander, like, whatever, you know, that, that mm-hmm. like, I played. And when I say you, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you as in you, Ethan Berlimatch. I'm saying yeah. you, 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 the listener. Um, I, that's why I just love a great story, right? I'd mm-hmm. rather a single, and this is the Rogue One thing, I would would rather a single great novel than a thousand Hunger Games books where none of them are particularly good. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. give me one great novel, standalone novel. Even if that author fails at every other book they write, they wrote that one great novel. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that's where I'm sort of at with, with video games. So I hope everyone out there enjoyed this discussion. You know, I mean, Ethan, Ethan certainly sympathized with my point of view. I appreciate you arguing the other point of view for the sake of debate. I think we really, yeah. We, we read some different territory than we had. It's just hard to argue because you just like great games, whether they're single player or multiplayer. I think that's totally fair. And I just, I, I don't like when the industry lets people down because I think video gamers are, are smart and overall and perceptive and they know what they want, but they're also willing to try lots of things if, if they're mm-hmm. good was my final thought. So you, you lead us out with your final thought. Uh, Dick point. <laughs> yeah, you know my favorite my favorite line i found the meme recently from the original guardians of the galaxy uh where they're they're here flying in to finally to save the planet and he's like they got my dick message <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's so happy they got the dick message you know yes. and that's how he frames yes. it in his head so they got my dick message yeah. oh um <laughs> Video games are fun, and we lose that sometimes. Yes. 
but we need to come back to what we are doing and say video games are fun. Yep. It's why I it's it's why I enjoy a quote unquote dead game called Destiny Two. It's because video games are fun. When video games are fun, we enjoy something and we have fun. And if they're inter- they are inter- there's they are entertainment. At the end of the day, they are entertainment. If you're not being entertained, then don't be entertained by it. Yep. Well, the problem is what's happening to video games is what's been happening to movies for a while, where. If if you if you go into the Last Jedi thinking it's gonna be a ten out of ten, it's an eight out of ten. There's a lot of people who then suddenly think it's a three out of ten because it wasn't a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's why I like your rating system of reserving the five out of five for the masterpiece. Uh, honestly, um, because I think yeah, there's really only three types of entertainment. It sucks. It's good enough to do, but like not amazing. And then you spectacularly amazing. I guess there's sort of a middle there where it's like really, really good, but not spectacularly amazing. That's the difference between your three, four, and five. So I, I, I get that system. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, whatever. I mean, people, it, look, if people get themselves so hyped up that they want to drop $100 on a game before they know anything about it, like that's their their problem so mm-hmm. you know be, like corporations of all types are going to keep preying on people for greedy reasons in every industry as long as consumers are, are are stupid there's a difference between industries like let's say like the corn syrup industry that have specific mm-hmm. monopolies that should be illegal for both health and economic reasons and consumers have no literal control over it versus making dumb decisions like dropping $200 on battlefront two. When you knew ahead of time that it was going to be bullshit. If you spent any time learning about it or the history of battlefront and electronic arts, right? Does that make sense? Anybody who has ever spent money on a two K sports game. Yeah, exactly. Anybody. If you get burned twice, that's on you, right? That's on you. But kids gambling, that's a problem. Yes. 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 And part part of it is don't give your kid your credit card. That's the The main thing. Yeah. (laughs) The other part of it is don't let your kid be sucked in by paying money to something that they they didn't have money to pay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to have to leave you on that public service announcement from Ethan right there. Listen to him. Don't give your kid your credit card, you dummy. You're being a bad parent. <laughs> you, we should, we, 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 you, you, should put, you should put out like a one-minute segment every week, even if we don't do a <laughs> podcast. It's just a PSA about good gaming tips from Ethan. Yeah. And it should just be like, why do people play 2K games? I don't understand. You were literally buying the king character over and over again with different stats just because he's different from a different year as the same sports roster. And every time Reddit, the Abbey before it goes out, just be like, fuck EA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need my cutout. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, thanks so much for being on. This was epic. I might get this into two parts just for release purposes. We'll have That's to see. That's fine, yeah. You, 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 could, you could probably do, um, probably, probably, put, probably put the EA half Mm-hmm. down towards um yeah closer like next week that way we can skip next week and then we can whatever yeah yeah so people so right so me and ethan have been doing pretty consistently since the fall so we'll we, we're definitely not going to do it every week but we'll you know we'll try and maybe do a couple a month um but yeah man i mean i think if nothing else like we need e3 to see like what the hell's coming out because everything is so front-loaded these days with video game releases it's the, sort of the opposite of movies in some ways 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see. So thank you, buddy, so much. Yep. Any um, big plans for the summer? Or just dom- or just dominating the Destiny 2 world? Cont- just, more game, more. Gaming, gaming-wise, uh, I told you about this. I'm going to be doing a complete new build. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah. New PC build. That's super fun. I'm going to tech it out with like liquid cooling and all of the fun. You should film it, blah, man, blah, and do blah. like a uh, like a. Uh, I'll take pictures. I'll take pictures. I'm not going to film it. I don't. I want to. No, no. What I was going to say was take photos of like a couple dozen stages of it and then do yeah. one of those quick, fast motion uh, things. You know of just, fuck. What's the word for that? There's a specific name for that. What's that? Stop motion. Right, it's stop motion, but sped up. Anyways, yeah. Time-lapse. Time-lapse photography. Yeah. Like, put a camera on the tripod in the same spot and don't move it and just keep taking pictures. It'll be cool. Um, Anyways, well, that'll be cool, man. All right, well, I wish you luck on that. I'll definitely be seeing you this summer. BizzleCast listeners, thank you for listening and checking out our coverage and all the BizzleCasts. You can find me, obviously, at BizzleCast.com, BizzleCast on SoundCloud, Twitter, and the Facebook. Uh, Ethan, where can your stream be found? You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Fedorable. E-L underscore F-E-D-O-R-A-P-L-E. Yes. yes, it is a stupid pun. Get over it. No, it's a great pun. No puns no, are stupid. Ter- All puns are bad. That's, <laughs> that's the point. Uh, I'll ter- you should do that. And if you also follow me, uh, then you will also get Ethan whenever I'm not online because uh, he is the top of my auto host. So, uh, If you're ever interested in checking out Destiny content, because that's all I am playing, uh, swing by. It's fun. Uh, quick shout out uh, if this gets out there uh, in time. Um, uh, if you are on PC, Destiny 2 is $12 on Humble Bundle. It goes directly to the Bungie Foundation, which supports Ronald McDonald Houses over out in uh, Washington State. So that's cool. Uh, so you get a good game for $12, and it goes to charity. And it looks amazing. Every time I'm at your place and look, I know you have the best equipment, but it still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to leave even better cool all right people thank you so much for joining us and we'll be uh, seeing you soon on the bizzlecast so for now we are out